How you doing, Jackoffs? I'm back in London, finally. It's been long enough. I'm ready to be home. But guess what? This is the last Union Jackoff coming to you from Daniel Muggleton within the UK. This is it, mates. Uh, I fly out Monday morning. Actually, not Monday morning, Monday evening. I'm way cleverer than that. Flying in the morning, that's a sucker's game. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm flying out on Monday. The Tier 5 Youth Mobility Visa granted to me, not as a former Commonwealth... Well, not a former Commonwealth, not as a Commonwealth citizen, but as a, as a member of a, a citizen of a rich country like Australia... Or Japan, you know, one of those countries that England's always gotten along perfectly well with, Japan. Uh, I, I have to leave. I'm going home. Uh, the podcast will continue. I've decided. I'm making it official. The podcast will continue back home in Australia. Uh, I've got a couple of episodes in the bank, like a pro, that I'll be releasing over the New Year Christmas period. And then I'll continue chatting to people from australia and people who've moved to australia about australia are you guys interested in that i know i know most of you are british uh you're attracted to the union jack in the logo i think but i'd be curious if you guys want to keep listening if you have any questions if you have any ideas please do get in touch i do love hearing from you at dan muggleton or if you want to make it nice and formal you can email me uh, the Union Jackoff at gmail.com. The Union Jackoff at gmail.com. Now, I want to keep this intro a little bit short. I will have uh, a longer kind of chat with you guys about my time in the UK, maybe field some questions uh, in the upcoming weeks. But I want to jump into this one because this is the tour wrap. Uh, I was just on tour with Steve Hofstetter. Uh, we did about, I think it was 22 shows. In 18 cities in 19 days. It was pretty hectic. Um, I don't know if any jerk-offs came out. I know Jackie did in Glasgow, but I don't know if any other jerk-offs came out. If you did, thank you so much for supporting. Uh, the shows were amazing. If you, if you don't know Steve, he's well known for his heckler clips. Got a huge online following uh, for how he deals with hecklers. And he was kind enough to have me support him on tour. And the big scoop is if you're an Australian jerk-off, one of those jerk-offs down under, uh, we will be doing the same thing in Australia and New Zealand in January. So I think we kick off January 10th and the last show is January 20th. You can see all the dates on his website. Uh, they'll be on my website very soon once the venues are confirmed. Uh, so if you want to see me live in Australia and you're outside Sydney, guess what, cunt? I'm coming to you. Uh, very exciting. Uh, first time I'm going to go to Perth. Never been to Perth before. First time I'm going to go to New Zealand at all. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. I'll definitely have a chat to you guys about how that is. Um, but one last thing. Sorry, one last thing. If you are a British jerk-off, uh, London this Sunday, December 8th, is the last show I'm doing in the UK. It's at the Bill Murray at Angel. Tickets are just five quid. Uh... I'm recording it. I'm going to release it. So don't worry if you can't get to London on Sunday. It will be available uh, on YouTube, not behind a paywall. I've got a bit of a sneaky idea for this one. Uh, I would love you guys to support me with that. Um, but I think we're, we're selling pretty well, which is cool. Usually my fans buy absolutely last minute and uh, it boggles my mind. Like, for example, with my first album at the Comedy Store, 
We'd sold like 50 tickets. I think it was four days out. And that's a 300-seat venue. And then we made like to 70 by like three days out. And then on the day, we'd sold 200. So please don't do that to me. <laughs> Just buy tickets in advance like the good British people you are. Um, it's at 9.30. I know it's a bit late on a Sunday, but it means there's nothing after us. So with the recording, we can take as long as we need. Um, I really appreciate it. If you guys came down, or if you can't come down, just tell someone in London who you think would enjoy it. Uh, it's a great venue. And uh, I'm just doing all the best stuff about the UK that I won't be able to have as much fun with back in Australia. Uh, beyond that, let's get into this week's episode. Um, to take us there, we have an Australian feature track this week. Uh, old mate, I met him at the Sofa Sounds. I thought he was awesome. Uh, he's moved here as well. I think he's been here slightly longer than me. Another Sydney boy. He did quite well on Australian X Factor, I think. I think it was X Factor or Australia's Got Talent. You know, one of those. One of those shows where someone gets a hit song and Simon Cowell gets a lot of money. Uh, one of those shows. So, his name is Alex Gibson. He's awesome. He's actually a jerk-off himself. Listens to the pod. So, thank you, Alex. Appreciate that, mate. Um, he is awesome. This is a new track from him. It's called Spirit Girl. You'll get a taste of it now. Then you get the full track at the end of the episode, as always. Jerk-offs. Last time from my flat in London. Boxes everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into it. My chat, Steve Hofstetter. Is it gone? Now it's gone. Now oh, we're gross. in. And I can finally ditch my little headphones because I, I trust you. I trust you, Steve Hofstetter, to be into the mic. Thank you. Yeah, I think you've got I think you've got the ability. Do you do you prefer headphones on or headphones off? When I do a podcast, headphones off, because the only reason to wear headphones when you're doing like radio is if someone if like for a caller or something like that. Yeah. Or like to hear the music. And it's so silly to me when people are like, Oh, we gotta wear headphones. Why? Because we saw other people do it. And we don't know why they did it. So now we're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, in my head, like the headphones imply some kind of professionalism that I'm incapable of, you know? Right. And that's why it's weird when people do it because they don't know why they do it. Yeah. But like, it does make sense. I mean, because yeah. some people are bad at the mic. Like, I'm surprised at like how many comedians, professional microphone speakers. It is amazing to just watch people and hopefully this will come through on the podcast, but watch people just talking to a mic and they just do this while they're talking to a mic. They wiggle. They yeah. do a little mic wiggle. I hope that that were I I'm hoping that the sound effect of that that I was hoping to achieve came through. I mean, I don't know if that's like a unidirectional or a multi-directional. Is that are they the two types? I think so. This is a fucking hot start, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> just like some mic etiquette and then like this is this a type of microphone? Technique. This is the Mike Technique podcast, right? <laughs> this is it, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike Tech with D Mug. Nice. No Mug Tech. That's what it's called. Mug, mug tech. tech. The Mug Tech Pod. Mugraphone check one two one two. Oh my god, this is going downhill. Uh, <laughs> How does something go downhill when it starts at the bottom? Uh, I don't know. Uh, All right, what are we gonna mock? What kind of Poland? Trip? Poland? I think we should do it. I think we should do it stop by stop because I mean, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, I mean, but let's let's give them some context first. Let's okay. give these people some context. You are an American. That's why that's that's why you sound like you're hosting the podcast, even though you're the guest. Yes, that's did, the. Did they did they not know? 
I mean, just by listening. Just by. I mean, I like to. I like to just in case, because maybe right. you're. Because I don't know if you've noticed this. As maybe we I'm go a, around. Maybe I'm a mean Canadian. That's true. Confident Canadian could be. But yeah. also, like, have you not noticed the people here have very strong American accents? Like in Europe, some people sound like very American, and that's just because their teacher was very American. I haven't heard that once here, other than people American. What? But you I haven't noticed at all. No, because it, I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. There are people who like the first couple words they say, I may be like, hey, are you from? Oh, no, you're absolutely not. Exactly. But just that first little bit. Just a teeny bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so Cause far, like I hear one word they pronounce. Yeah. And it's a bit odd. Or they say the local word correctly. That's how you know they're not American. Yeah. You know? Just like Stockholm, like that. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, obviously. Like, oh, welcome to Stockholm. I'm like, wait, what? That's backwards. How did you just do that? <laughs> How did you reverse it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're an American man. East Coast. East Coast, born and raised in New York City. I think you're my first New Yorker. Really? New York. There are New people... York fucking New York. That was, like that. that was pretty good. Thank that you. Was, uh, I thought you were the mayor for a second. Thank you. Thank you very much. De Blasio. Yeah. R- well, Giuliani. Well, not him. Bloomberg. Just, I mean, just, oh, you're going. You're, you named... Was that order? Was three. that an order? No. Damn uh, it. Wait. It was Bl- De Blasio, Bloomberg, Giuliani, Dinkins, Ed Koch, and then that's my lifetime. Those so are the is, five is it Ed Koch now? No, no, no. Ed Koch was was when I was very young. Oh, so yeah, who's I'm now? Goes with the married. Now is De Blasio. Oh, I thought De Blasio was the oldest. Or, or maybe there's a new one now. I left a while ago, so I don't know now. Okay, I, I like thought, Dinkins. Dinkins is like I would not vote for Dinkins because his name is Dinkins. Yeah, because he's like, black. Whoa, I didn't, is he? <laughs> he is. Oh fuck! He was I'm the falling. one black guy of the five guys I named, ah. and you're like, I would not vote for that guy. It's like I've I was got, like, huh? It's like I've got a sixth sense as an Australian. <laughs> I just don't like the sound of him. Turns out he's black. Wow, I'm that good. Yeah. No, just Dinkins. Just Dinkins just doesn't sound very authoritative. There's a there's actually a line in a Trap World Quest song that says, "Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor?" Really? Yeah. Okay. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know as much Tribe as you'd expect. I know like quite a bit of rap, but not Tribe. Oh, Tribe's really my favorite. In. They're your number one. They're my number one. Okay. Well, they're from Queens too. They're from Queens because you're from Queens. I am from Queens. Jamaica Queens. Uh, kind of Briarwood. Briarwood. Which is Briarwood is like a subsection. That's like kind of Jamaica. It's like I, I was in the, when I was in Little League, I was in the Briarwood Jamaica Little League. Like it's. Briarwood Jamaica. They're like two kind of. It's, they're kind of together. So they, like with Jamaica They make Queens. out with each other on the map. Really? They're, to- they're totally doing it. Oh my God. Yeah. They fucking. They're, to- they're fucking. They fucking. Yeah. Jamaica Briarwood. That's a, that sounds like a Jamaican Irish baby. Jamaica is definitely on top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just very graphic, like suburb porn. Going yeah, on here. this is map porn. Yeah, you just fold the map up and make. And then Long fuck. Island City's just watching, like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's, Long, good. that's good stuff. Long Island City's just sitting by the water in its loft. Yeah, just a real voyeur. Yeah, um, but is it called Jamaica? Like Jamaica, dad, like comma Queens? Like is the suburb called Jamaica? So it's not a suburb. It's not a suburb. No, these are neighborhoods. Okay, it's not a borough. A borough is different. A borough. There's there the are five, five boroughs. boroughs. There we Queens go. is the borough. Okay. So Queens and Brooklyn used to be, they used to be their own cities. Mm-hmm. And in around the turn of the century, um, they all merged to form one, which is why, wait, why, why'd you give me a weird... So like the five, like the five all merged at that well, time? Like Harlem. At, the ta- at the time, no, so Harlem is in Manhattan. Oh. So, so the five boroughs. Bronx. Yep. The Bronx. The Bronx. The, the Bronx. Bronx. It's okay. weird. It's the only borough with a the. But it's okay. the Bronx. The Bronx, Manhattan. 
Yes. Queens. Correct. Brooklyn. And? Staten Island? Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Yeah, Staten Wu-tang. Island. Wu-Tang. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if Staten Island was its own city at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bronx was kind of like a suburb of Manhattan. Okay. But Brooklyn and Queens were definitely their own cities. And uh, they merged. They were part of Long Island. They are technically on Long Island. Yeah, like the physical island. Because Long Island goes a lot further, right? Long Island is about a two-hour drive. Okay. Long. That's how long and that, it takes from get to one end to the other. And Long Island is Long Island is the home of the mook. Is that is that is that correct? <laughs> is home that where they come from? No, uh, a mook. You could have a Jersey mook. You could have uh, oh, a yeah, Jersey. You could have definitely. You have a definitely mook. have a Staten Island mook. Okay. There are mooks in Brooklyn and Queens too. There's mooks around. Okay. Yeah, mook. By the way, for people listening, mook is not a racist term, but it sounds like one. Which sounds is why it's so like fun. one. Because it's not a racist term. It's, yeah. It's it's not derogatory. It just basically means like a big dumb animal. Mm. That's like Long Island. Are they loud? Like when I think Long Island, I think like Tim Dillon. It depends on which part of Long Island. Like there's there's fancy Long Island. Fancy Long is like is the Hamptons Long Island? Hamptons is fancy Long Island. Uh. And then you but then you also have people who are like, I'm from Wanta, how about yourself? Like people who talk like <laughs> what that. What is that? That was a Wontoa accent. That just reminded me that I haven't seen the nanny in a while. <laughs> that is basically, that's the thing that bothered me about the nanny. Right. I mean, there are a couple things that bothered me about the nanny, but the main thing. Was it Mr. Sheffield? Is <laughs> Mr. Sheffield did not bother me about the nanny. Yeah. Um, I what, like they named him after an English place. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, this is a fancy man. Let's call him Mr. Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> it was between that and like uh, Gloufordshire or like just making something. Gloufordshire. I just tried to make the most ridiculously comical English. Uh, and you failed. You just offended the entire population of the UK. I'm so sorry. They're going to leave the United States of America now. They're out. <laughs> oh, they've already left the European Union. They'll leave the <laughs> Union. <laughs> they're going to leave. They're just going to try to leave everything. Um, yeah. The the thing that bothered me was that that was very much not a Queen's accent. That was a Long Island accent. Right. Yeah. So they just gave it a little extra. They were just like, oh, but she's from Queens. Does That's she talk like Queens. that? What is her name? Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. Does talks she talk like that? A very a less exaggerated version of that. Okay, but it's like you wouldn't hear her talk and be like, well, she's British. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> there's no moment where she's like, I'm Fran Drescher. Like, yeah, there's no, okay. it's, there's none of that. It's a bit of that, bit of that flavor. Yeah, she just, it, it's just a more, uh, more uh, stereotypical version of how she already talks. Yeah, she dials it up. Yeah. Plays that, it up. Yeah, but that's not Queens. Like like how I obviously become more and more Australian. Having spent so much time with me, you'd know that I just fucking dial it up. Yeah. For my professional life. Yeah, when you need to. Yeah. Just need to whip it out. Get a bit of mongrel. Uh, a mongrel? Mong- mongrel. No? I don't know that. A mongrel. Oh, it's like a, it's like a dog. No, I know like what a mongrel is. I don't understand the context. Oh, of... like it just means a bit of like fight, bit of bite, bit of, bit uh, okay. of fire. I guess Got it. a bit of mongrel, bit of toughness. I thought there was like a subset of bit of grit. Okay. Grit, grit, grit's yeah, a good one. I thought, like I thought you were saying there was like a subset of people that spoke mongrel, and I was like, "What? No, is this? no, no, no. Sorry, no. You'll never learn anything from me on this podcast. Perfect. Only you. You will impart wisdom. I'm looking forward to. it. I will question it. You already started. Yeah, that's true. I taught you about the boroughs. Oh, so I didn't even finish that. So Queens. What's weird about Queens is it's the only borough where when you write the address mm-hmm. of uh, you write the neighborhood, not the borough. So no matter where you are in Brooklyn, whether it's like Canarsie or Sheepshead Bay or Flatbush, you still say Brooklyn, New York. Okay. But in Queens, you would say Forest Hills, New York. You would say Jamaica, New York. You would say you wouldn't you know, even Briarwood, say Queens. New York. 
Queens yeah, on doesn't like even... on like the mailing address. Yeah. Okay. Like that's where it is. Everything else for Manhattan, it says New York, New York. Uh huh. Um, and for the Bronx and Staten Island, you just say that you just say Bronx, New York. You just say Staten Island, New York, but you do not say. So Queens, you get specific. Queens, you get specific in the address. Also, uh, the addresses in Queens are super freaking weird because they have dashes in them. What do you mean dash where? Uh, they have the dashes and the numbers. So like my my address when I was a kid was one forty seven dash o two. Is that not the name of like the number of the apartment and the street? No, name, it's, the house name? it's that's no. the ha- that was a house. Uh huh. So one forty seven dash o two. How does that work? Um, basically, the one forty seven part is the equivalent on the map of where the street would be. Uh-huh. So even though we weren't on 147th Street, we were around where 147th Street would be in that area. Uh-huh. And so it was 147-02 because we were the first house on that block. Right. On the even side. Okay. But, also, but meanwhile, I mean, Queens' addresses are so fucking stupid. Meanwhile, there's... So streets run one way, like I think vertically. Mm-hmm. And then the things that intersect them, there's drive, avenue, road, crescent, like every place every imaginable thing but also with numbers and so you could literally be on like 84th drive and then five blocks away from 84th road Uh uh-huh because you have 84th drive 84th avenue 84th road 84th boulevard and then they go 85 but not street because it would intersect the street right it's very stupid oh man if you are not from queens you would get lost as fucking queens yeah this is blowing my goddamn mind because i thought you guys had it quite simple because it was like Straight that's up, Manhattan. Straights up, avenues across. That's Manhattan. Right. So Queens, actually, there's part of Queens. So Jamaica Estates, which is the fancy part of Jamaica. Okay. So Jamaica Estates. So the fancy part of Jamaica is not in Jamaica. It's actually in Queens. Uh, n- right. Correct. <laughs> the fancy part of Jamaica, Queens. Okay. So Jamaica Estates, and they put Jamaica Estates because they don't want to be associated with Jamaica. Because Jamaica is a rough and tumble neighborhood. Right. So, okay. yeah, Jamaica, most of Jamaica is the hood. Okay. And then, but Jamaica Estates is super fancy. And so that's actually uh, where Trump's parents lived. Jamaica Estates. Yeah. He would have hated that. Yeah. Sounds pretty multicultural. If exactly. You know what I mean. He would just concentrate on the estates part. I okay. just live in the estates. <laughs> so when Jamaica Estates was built, it was built purposefully to confuse people who did not live there because they did not want people who did not live there being able to get around. Oh. And so there's semicircles that intersect each other with roads. So there are two corners of Wexford Terrace and Dalny Road mm. that are at opposite sides of Jamaica Estates from each other. Right. Because it's two semicircles that intersect. And so when I was a kid and I was going, my synagogue was at like the edge of Jamaica Estates. And so when I was, I, the first time I went by myself, I like took the train, I was all proud. I got out of the subway and I asked, which way is Dalny Road? And someone pointed out to me and I got to the corner of Wexford and Dalny and I was like, there's no buildings. What? Why am I, everything's <laughs> different. What happened to everything? Yeah. And I was so lost and so confused. And then they just were like, no, the other end of the semicircle, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. It know? was a different, yeah, because I wasn't from there. So the synagogue was in the estates. Yeah, the synagogue I went to was in the estates. And I remember as a kid, because it used to be called the Conservative Synagogue of Jamaica. The Conservative Synagogue of Jamaica. Yeah, conservative. Do you know about this in Judaism? Conservative I mean, means progressive. It's very weird. What? Why is everything a fucking riddle? Like, what's going on <laughs> with this so far? Because conservative is in response to reform. So orthodox uh-huh. was, all Judaism was basically orthodox. And then in the, I don't know, maybe 1500, something like that, hmm. reform sprung out. And reform 
was very, very much not the traditional Judaism. Mm-hmm. And so then the people who were like, hey, reform has gone too far, let's pull back a little bit, that founded conservative Judaism, which I think is the 1800s. So it's conservative as compared to reform, but it's very progressive as compared to orthodox. Okay. So because it's in the middle. So what's it's like the re- Goldilocks of Judaism. Okay. So what's the con- what's the? It's reform- the Goldberg locks of Judaism. <laughs> oh, locks also. Oh, oh my okay. god. Everything spelled differently. You yes. get it. You get it, guys. L a c h s. You got it. Is yeah. that how you guys spell? That's how you guys spell it. L o x. L o x. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the other thing. Oh my god. Um, what was I? Wait. Where do where do the Hasids fit fit into this? Or are uh, they just completely Hasidim, different? Hasidim is a subset of Orthodox. As a subset of Orthodox, so yeah. Orthodox, it's like extreme them, Orthodox. It's so like at, it's like Orthodox with Mountain Dew. Okay, with Mountain Dew. All right, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. That's good. Good game. A little. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Mountain Dew, serious business. Okay. And then you're in conservative Judaism. What's Reform Judaism? What you seem pretty chill. Yeah. Like what? 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 I'm. I'm very well. I was raised conservative. I identify with conservative, but I don't do anything anymore. I'm uh-huh. not. I'm not religious anymore. You don't, you don't go to temple. No. No shabs. No shabs dinner. Uh oh. Is that f- for Shabbat? Yeah. Okay. Australia. We abbreviate everything. Everything. Right? Everything. everything. Even Jews. You don't even call. You don't even call them Jewish. You just call them Jews. Yeah. Just Jays. Yeah. Just just Jays. Just having a just having a hanging with a J at home. Yeah. Or Jews <laughs> or something. Everything has to end with O. Yeah. Of course. Um. It, it, yeah. Ju- I don't. Judos. Really, that's don't, what we call you. Yeah. Perfect. I don't really anymore. <laughs> Um, I was religious uh, growing up. I went to Jewish Theological Seminary for two and a half years. And the more I met religious people, the more I was like, I'm not one of you. Okay. And I just, you know, I kind of saw the hypocrisy of it all. And I decided, you know, no thanks. And I I still identify with it culturally, Mm. very much so. Um, But I just, you know, I I find uh, a lot of the rules to be outdated, especially because the whole premise of conservative Judaism is Judaism adjusted for the times. Judaism was an oral religion for a very long time, mm-hmm. where the rules would be updated as life was updated. And then when the Jews got exiled, Jews got exiled to two different places. Here, here's some things you're going to learn. Yeah. We, we, well, I think I've, we spoke about this, I think, just supposedly. There's like not many Jewish people in the UK. Yeah. And I found that weird. I just thought, I thought they'd be hanging... In the UK. I mean, they did, and that's why there aren't many left. Aha. Uh-huh. So, All right. Here we go. Lynching joke. There so, it is. There it is. We've yeah. been through it. So um, it it was... So when was the exile? Give me so some... there are two exiles. There were two main exiles. Can I mean, there's tons twice. of exiles. I mean, the Australians only got exiled once. We, we, we've been exiled from a lot of places. <laughs> uh, um, so they're always like, get out of the party. Come on. Yeah. So, but the two main exiles, so there was um, Babylonia and Jerusalem. Uh-huh. And so this is like a while ago. This is a very, very long time ago. This is like BC. We talking BC. Do you guys uh, call it BC? Do you, uh, you guys still go BCE, which is short for Before Common Era. Uh huh. Okay. So the yeah the C in there stands for Common. The rapper you're familiar, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's before he started his career. Oh my god! So like the 80s. Yeah, it's real recent. <laughs> so wait, before his rap career, or before his acting career? No, before now he's more he was of an born. Actor. Before he was born. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So this was actually probably like 60s, 70s, maybe. I didn't realize Common was Jewish. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just not common knowledge. Oh so, my goodness! We're not even in England. There's a pun. This is unbelievable. So, Someone tell a Swede. Um. So. Uh, they will take it literally. Yes. Oh, what a horrendous people. Just kidding. <laughs> we haven't done the show yet. I'm no, sure you're fine. Lo- it's lovely. lovely. Very well-designed show. Very tall. Very wide. Give me my identity back. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. So the Talmud, 
which is basically the interpretation of law. Yes. So there are two Talmuds. There's mm -hmm. the Babylonian Talmud and there's the Jerusalem Talmud. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because when they were getting exiled, they were like, maybe we should write this down in case we get, you know, thrown all over the world and people forget this. Right. But it was, this happened a couple centuries apart. And so, and in two different places in the world. And so the laws, by then the interpretation of the law had already changed somewhat. Because it's like a game of telephone. Oral mm. religion is a game of telephone. And so things keep changing. And so these two Talmuds conflict on a number of things. Sure. And this is part, this is the main thing that drove me away from being religious. Because I had teachers who would make the argument of that, oh, the reason they conflict is because we're being tested. Or like the reason they conflict is because it allows you to interpret the, and it's like, no, the reason they conflict is because of what you just fucking said. It was written down by two different people in two different parts of the world. Yeah. It's a very logical reason for why they conflict. Centuries apart. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the, it's the same reason. There's, there is a major logical fallacy with every major religion. Um, the Christianity one to me is the funniest. Okay. Um, do you know about the, uh, why the old Testament was adopted? No, I didn't realize it was adopted. <clears throat> so the Old Testament, the reason it's part of the Bible sure, is because back in the day, there was this thing uh, in Rome. Mm -hmm. uh, the Roman for it, I believe, was religio licita, which means legal religion. Sure. And they made this decree because there were all these new religions popping up every day. And so they made this decree saying everyone in a new religion will be killed. You cannot worship a new religion. Sure. And the Christians were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not, we're not new. We're, we're just other Jews. We're just that's that's ours too." And they adopted the Old Testament as a survival mechanism right. to not be killed in Rome. I thought the Romans pushed Christianity. That was my not understanding. Yet. No, yeah, this that is was later. later. That there was an, later. there was an emperor, I believe, it was Constantine, okay. who who uh, said that he dreamt of a cross before a major victory. And then that's how Christianity became. Oh man, it's so boring when people tell you about their dreams. You know, it's yeah. There's, it's it was brutal. really weird because just the night before he dreamt he was back in high school, but it wasn't really high school. <laughs> you know, it was just very similar to high school, but it felt like it was high school, but it was a different building. Oh man, and, my, my friend Tim used to have these dreams where he'd just wait in line for the whole dream. <laughs> It was amazing. Please tell me he was British. No, that they queue even in their dreams. No, this is an Australian guy, unfortunately. <laughs> so maybe he was dream. Maybe the meaning of the dream was that he wanted to go to go back to, to go to England. He wanted yeah. like he wanted to return to his spiritual home. But absolutely. I just, remember, I just remember, yeah, just be like he'd be like, yeah, this dream where I just lined up to buy a hoodie, and I'm like, did you buy it? And he's like, then I woke up before the end. Wow. <laughs> just in the queue, and I'm like, did anything happen in the queue? He's like, no, just wait. I wonder what that symbolizes. Because I have stress dreams all the time. Stress dreams. Stress dreams. My stress dreams are either chasing something or being chased by something. Okay. So basically cardio. You want to do more cardio. It's, yeah. That's my... When I'm stressed, whether it is like I'm in a war situation mm. or I'm like in some sort of live action video game or whatever it is. Yeah. It's... Or I'm just looking for something. It's like that's... I have those dreams when I'm stressed. 
Right. Uh, and so, like, I know when I have one of those, I know what it means. I mean, well, given the whole, like, Jewish exile thing, maybe it's just... <laughs> yeah, I'm just used to it. Yeah, just like, well, you get chased. It's what we do. It's, a, just it's our thing as I'm, a people. I'm just trying to see how I handle it. <laughs> Put myself in that situation. It'd be funny. It's just like, Jewish people always dream of being chased. That's like their thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> Whereas Christian people dream of being chased, C-H-A-S-T-E. Ah, yeah. there we go. Not fucking... Not fucking. Not fucking. I was yeah. going to think we just dream of waiting because that's our whole religion. It's just kind of like, ah, well, it'll be good soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things will get better. I'll get the hoodie. Yeah. Um, At some point. Yeah. So, you, sorry, we should just say you are you are a Jewish man. Just, yes. just in case anyone missed that. About oh, like, if anyone missed that, they're very confused. Because like, if you knew this much about Judaism and you're not Jewish, it would be kind of weird. It <laughs> would be. Like, but I'd I also, be like, why? why do you, what but do you, I clearly have are you trying to. Are you I, trying to follow them? Are you trying to chase them? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> I'm chasing the Jews. Yeah. Um, I No, but I also I also know my shit about Christianity, too. Right. Why is why is this? Did you just get around? Did you try religion? Like you said, you grew, you got you grew up religious, but did you try it as an adult? Um, I did not like study Christianity to try it. I studied Christianity when I was still in the Jewish theological seminary uh-huh. as just a. It's it's good to know. It's good to know your competition. No, sure. it's good to know. Uh, it's it's context. It's historical context. Mm. And so learning about Christianity and when. When I, I had a teacher teach me that thing about religio licita, I was like, there's no way. And I looked it up. and I was like, holy shit, that's true. Right. And it was just, just a practical thing. It was a completely practical that's thing. It's become mythologized. Yeah. And the same way that like uh, with Mormonism, um, the tablets were, uh, you know, only Joseph Smith was able to interpret the tablets. Yeah. And, you know, and then when people were like, well... Can someone else see them? And he was like, "No, only I can read them." <laughs> like there are just things about each religion that, that are just yeah. There's quotes from L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology, and I don't want to put this in the category of religion, but there are quotes from L. Ron Hubbard about how he wanted to, you know, that's where the money is. Religion is where the money is. Same mm-hmm. thing with Oral Roberts, who was uh, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts. There's a big school in Tulsa. They're actually very good at college basketball for some reason. But there's a big college. <laughs> there's a big college in uh, Tulsa. And there's like a huge statue of like praying hands, Oral Roberts University. Yeah. And I actually dated the daughter of his college roommate. And. But what did he do? Who's Oral Roberts? He was like this big preacher guy. Oh, like Christianity or like yes, his own? Big okay. Christianity. Christianity preacher. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he was like in college, he was like this big cokehead who talked about how religion is where money is. Man. And then he found it. <laughs> he got spoken to by God. Exactly. He got a letter from his bank and was like, "I need to make some more money. <laughs> yeah. I got to come up with some shit." Be like, "Oh my God, my banker's name is Chris. It's a sign." It's. <laughs> so. I just like the statue of like the hands for the big basketball school. It's just like an alley oop from God. Yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> I wonder if all of their, if all like if, if all of their basketball coaching is like in God metaphor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to want to play that D, like the pearly gates. You know the pearly gates D? Or, if it's the other way around, where all their religion classes are taught with basketball metaphor. Where it's like, this is where Jesus rebounded. (laughs) That's Be like, in three days, because that's about the time in between games and the pros. Yeah, you got to flip for a technical. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's when the Romans won. Yeah. What a blowout. Oh, my God. They established a dynasty. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't like. I I think like America has a much different relationship to religion than most places I've been. 
Yeah, I think I think atheism is really becoming much more popular in America than it is in a lot of other parts of the world. Do you, do you reckon a president could be atheist yet? Do you reckon? Not yet. No. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, it's like it's just a more current relationship with religion. I think. I mean, the idea of like could a president be atheist? Like, Trump is the least religious person that's ever been president, and in order to be president. He and and he did so many things that are so against Christianity, mm. and yet he talks now about how much he loves Christianity. Yeah, because he needs the evangelical right wing. Totally, to support oh, the, the right wing in general. Like it seems to be like you really, as soon as you start kind of talking about right wing stuff, you just kind of mention God a bit. Like it's so weird to me that any religious person would be like, "Look, he's one of ours." about trump he's less a religious person than he is a progressive right yeah i'd agree with that but like, i mean like he's like the guy that i could see coming up with a religion though you know what i mean like, oh absolutely like he i think he's quite a religious guy in the sense that he thinks he's quite biblical yeah in the sense that he wants people to pray to him absolutely <laughs> yeah it's like it's quite funny but yeah, just it's definitely more of like an active thing like even in the uk where like, i mean they've got like the state religion and like the queen is head of the church or whatever it is yeah like, you know like it's not really like a day-to-day thing there's very few religious discussions in the uk whereas it's I think just Americans... kind of accepted it's been it's been very weird like just yesterday in we were in norway in oslo norway, oslo two people came over to me to take a picture after the show and they were both wearing like christmas sweaters yeah and i said something like you know oh you guys are all snazzy and they were like, oh, we were going to get you one. And I'm like, that's okay. I don't really take pictures in Christmas sweaters. <laughs> and they were like, why not? I was like, I'm I'm Jewish. Like, I talked about this on stage. Yeah, I have mentioned it. Yeah, like, and, and there are people who literally are like, so? And I'm like, we don't celebrate Christmas because there are people who just take it as like a cultural thing. Yeah. Because they were raised with religions so ingrained in society that they don't understand that like, Oh yeah, but Jews. I mean, you don't you don't pray, you don't go to church, but Christmas still, right? And it's like, no, we we don't. I mean, I'd say like most atheist friends of mine in Australia still celebrate Christmas. They still do presents and lunch and shit. Like, that's just on. Yeah, because it's a cultural thing. But yeah. that's not a Dude, like the only. I think I got this from like maybe like Drew Carey. Is it Jewish people that eat Chinese food? Is that the Christmas thing? Is uh, that it's, the stereotype? It's kind of tradition. The reason why... <laughs> kind of tradition. The reason why is because most <laughs> other places are closed. Yeah, I figured, yeah. And so it, it became this thing where, like, you would just go out and eat Chinese food. The joke is that, you know, Chinese food and a movie, because those are the two things that are open. Right. Now, a lot more things are open. But growing up, that was pretty much it. That was the, that was the well, score. Well, because growing up, you didn't have a Thai place on every, you know, in every city. You didn't have... Like there, there's there's way more choices of food now than there were. Yeah. But like, so I'm 40, and so I grew up in the 80s, mm. and you know, I mean, it was literally I was born the end of 79, mm-hmm. and so, like in that time, pretty much, and I grew up in New York City, I and mean, pretty much the only stuff open on Christmas was Chinese places. You didn't have Japanese yet? No. Not a ton. No. no. I didn't. And also, I I didn't know like what I could and couldn't eat. So much of sushi is not kosher. Uh huh. Is shellfish and things like that, and so I didn't even try sushi until I was in college. Oh, did you keep kosher when you were growing up? Yes, I, uh. I was kosher at home. I was strictly kosher at home, and then what's called kosher style out. Kosher style. What kosher style means yes. is food that could be kosher were it prepared that way. 
Oh my god. So like kosher ingredients basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't mix meat and milk, you wouldn't have pork, you wouldn't have shellfish. Mm. All kosher laws all stem from being healthy and being humane. Yeah. All all the laws about being kosher is cuz back in the day pork wasn't healthy because people didn't know how to cook it and that would cause tumors. Mm. Like undercooked pork causes tumors. And um and shellfish could also if you don't prepare shellfish correctly you will die um and if uh and being humane not mixing meat and milk there's another hypocrisy mm-hmm. not mixing meat and milk came from um the the premise of you don't want to the the actual translation is to the effect of you don't want to risk stirring a calf in the milk of its mother okay because back in the day you would have a farm and the cow would have a bunch of babies, mm. and you would milk that cow, and you would eat the babies. Oh. And so they were saying, like, well, just because you keep that cow alive for milk, but you need the meat to feed your family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the idea was, well, if we're going to kill this cow's babies, cooking the babies in the milk of its mother, that's just cruel. And so sure. that's where that came from, which would make perfect sense, except people don't mix cheese and chicken. And people do mix chicken and eggs. And I was like, hey, <laughs> this is not the spirit of the law. Right. Because you, you could eat chicken and egg. That's I could no, eat chicken and eggs. No dramas. But Absolutely. I could eat chicken and eggs. I could eat because people uh, eat breaded chicken all the time. Of with, course. Uh, it's got egg in the batter. Absolutely. Yeah. And people right. also will eat, uh, but you can't have a chicken sandwich with cheese on it because you can't risk stewing the chicken in the milk of its. It's just. it. All that, all that chicken milk you hear so it, much about. It started, the reason for that was because back in the day when people were still very dumb and ignorant, um, I mean, people still are, but it's a different way now. It's true. Um, they they just lumped chicken in the same category because they were like, people can't seem to tell the difference between different types of meat. So they were just like, all meat. Imagine, back in the day, people didn't see color, and now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've looked at photos, <laughs> the world was black and white. Oh my God, that's true. Yeah. Until, until like the 40s when color came in. Yeah. That was a crazy. People must have been shocked. Yeah, when the the first people who saw it were, yeah. Yeah, just like, oh my God, the first time color comes in, we're in the middle of a horrible world war? This yeah. This is so cruel. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, we thought blood was gray. Yeah, that's why That's why there were more wars when it was black and white, you know? Right. Like, since colors come in, it's like Vietnam and out, you know? Yeah, like, now, we can see, now we can see the red. This is so. gross. This is <laughs> yeah, gross this stuff. war is gross, guys. Man, the Red, the Red Cross must have been relieved that they nailed it, you know? Yeah, they were the Gray Cross until then. Yeah, they, but they still call themselves the Red Cross, and color came in, and like, well, thank God for that. Yeah. We're like, woo! Better have to get some new uniforms in here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but we've been in Europe for a while, so wars are just like, ah, what a nice part of history. It was great. No one knew the difference between redheads and blondes. It was really, it was It was a lot easier for us. That's when strawberry blonde was invented as a term. Yeah. When you're horrible rebranding. <laughs> Yeah, because we're in Sweden now, and it's like the the Scandinavian redhead is a very different redhead to like any other kind. I don't know what it is. It's a different color, I think. I think it's a different color. It's it's because most redheads aren't in the sun much. Mm -hmm. And in Scandinavia, there is a ton of sun. Right. And so I think it's the difference of, I think it's like redheads that have learned to survive in harsh conditions, maybe. Yeah, like it's just it's a little different mutation. Yeah, it's like a, it's like still you still got the pale, but it's it's almost like a little blonder. Yeah, it's not ginger. I wouldn't describe it as ginger. Like you're proper ginger. You're yeah. like perfectly I Scottish am, ginger. I am if ginger were a crayon. 
<laughs> I would be the color. <laughs> that was fun yesterday when you didn't like sweet potato chips. And I was like, yeah. but how can you not? They're your brethren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> Get around these sweet potatoes, <laughs> these kumara fries. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like, it's just, there's a slight, yeah, I... Because honestly, like, I do think all white people kind of look the same. Like, I do you think You think that, so? Yeah. There's like, it's a real similarity. Like, much more so than black people or Asian people. <laughs> I think we look the same. It depends on, it depends um, on the category, though. Because you've got, like, there's, like, I think Slavic looks very different than Mediterranean. But Mediterranean people aren't white. I don't think. Italian New Yorkers? Uh, Northern Italy, yes. Okay. That's what I mean. You got to, you got to really, like, crunch down on that. Because that, that, like, they say it too. Like, they've got the full North Italian. But Greek Rome, is Mediterranean. Greek's Mediterranean. I wouldn't call Greek people white. Okay, in New York, they're considered they're white. white. Interesting. Yeah. Look at you guys, so progressive. Yeah. In Australia, come on, mate. Fun fact about New York, in terms of learning stuff, mm. in the colonies, New York was the only one without a, uh, an official religion. And, ah. that, and that was because uh, New York cared way more about money than it did about religion. Right. And then, yeah, because like, it was going to be Catholic, and then they killed Liam Neeson at the start of Gangs of New York. And mm-hmm. Once once Liam Neeson died, then New, York was, was, New York was forever changed. It was secular forever. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson, responsible for so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny coming across Europe, because like, it, is, it is different in each country. I like to, you know, it, broad it, brush it, because it's fun. It absolutely is, but at the same time, you can usually tell... Like, if I'm walking around New York, mm. I used to play a game. I mean, talk about specific. It's once you know different characteristics of people. Yeah. I used to play a game in Times Square where my friends and I would try to guess what state people were from. And Well, you can't get that. Come on. Not always, but sometimes we nail it. You can usually get the region. Really? How Just... they dress, how they walk, how they talk. I think the dress is, like, the number one for me. Yeah, but it's but it's how someone carries themselves. It's how it's it's culture. All right, give me an example. We all have our we all have our own cultures. Can you give me an example of like? It's so hard to describe because it's something you just have to see enough of. Okay. And this game started when I was in high school. We went to this uh, press association thing where mm. people from different school newspapers all went to the same conference and not get laid and yeah. not get laid <laughs> completely not. Um, and so this we we would report on it. Yeah, right. Still no fucking. Exactly. <laughs> Not a single finger was wet in yep. the whole conference. We, it was virginity <laughs> today. Was the publication. <laughs> so I, uh, everybody had badges from where they were from. Yeah. And so it was fun to like guess before you saw the badge. Right, right, right. And that's kind of how it started. That's cool. Yeah, I'm into that. Like, I would. I think I would struggle with that game in Australia. But that said, I do think I can generally spot an Australian. Yeah, rolling but, around i can be like you're australian like in like in the uk in yeah Europe, i'm like yeah but, nah. but that's what i mean because it, you even have a joke about it about you know the australian accent is kind of one thing mm. i would say culturally and you know i don't know as much about australia but if you can't spot where what part of australia they're from i would guess that's because australia has a fairly homogenous culture compared to america definitely 100 percent. yeah you, you just had longer to develop and you've kind of spread further Whereas like in Australia, it's all kind of, it's all quite fresh, you know? Yeah, well, we were, I mean, we have a very different, like, there is Southern culture, there is Midwestern mm. culture, there is West Coast culture, there, you know, there are different, there's Northeast, there's different. Yeah. Like, it, it is funny to me when someone's like, oh, you're East Coast. I'm like, yes, I am, but so is a lot of the country. And when they say East Coast, what they mean is a, is like five or six cities in the Northeast. What, what so like New York, Boston. New York, Boston, Philly. 
DC, um, and then potentially the smaller cities in between there, whether it's like Providence, Rhode Island, or Wilmington, Delaware, or sure. you know parts of Connecticut. Like that's East Coast when they like, mean it. Like Family Guy. Like Family Guy is East Coast. Well, technically, yeah, Quahog, <laughs> the, yeah. which is which is Quahog is actually a a part of. I don't think there's a Quahog, Rhode Island. There is one in Long Island. Oh right. So yeah. It's just kind of a little. Yeah, they just kind of made up a part of Rhode Island, but yeah. The but it, it's it basically means city or near city in the Northeast. Yeah. When they I've... see East Coast. No one's talking about rural Florida. Yeah, no one's talking Miami. Yeah, no one's like East Coast, you know, Jacksonville. Yeah, <laughs> Jacksonville, my favorite, obviously. Yeah. Shout out to Cat Williams in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, no, so wait, so one thing that I found interesting on this trip, because yeah. like just uh, anyone who hasn't been following, Steve and I have been on tour together. I've been supporting you mm-hmm. uh, all across Ireland, UK, Europe, 18 cities. We're about to go through it. We're about to go like, you know, money round, lightning round. This is the yeah. last show tonight, it, just for, before the last show. So I'm very sorry that we can't give you a proper report on Stockholm uh, to anyone out there who really wanted to know what it's like. Um, but we're going to start there. But the one thing was like, you haven't been to France. I've never been to France. I've like, never been to Spain, never been to Portugal. When was the first time you came to Europe, just in general? Like, how old were you? Um, I believe it was seven years ago. So you're in your 30s. And you'd never been to Europe? No, I'd never I'd never been on a plane until I was 19. I'd never been out of the United States until I was 25. Wow. Um, and I only went to Canada. I had only been to... Um, I had only... Until I met my ex-wife, I think I'd only been to the U.S. and Canada. And so that was... Um, we went on our honeymoon to Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, before, before we were married... We went to Israel. Okay. Um, and then I'm pretty sure we were already married when we went to uh, Budapest and we went to Vienna. And just because we were in Budapest for like a week and a half. And so we took the weekend and went to Vienna. And she was part Hungarian? No. 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 Her best friend from college was uh, lived in Hungary. Okay. And just... so we went to go visit her. And because we, we had a free place to stay. So yeah, it was like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's, you know, let's, let's do it. And that exactly. was like when you were in your 30s, that was when that happened. Yeah, she was big on on seeing the world. And I was always, I would travel because of my career and nothing else. Okay. You and wouldn't so, just go on the holiday. Because like in Australia, yeah. like most people, I would say most, I say most, maybe this is like an inaccurate thing, but like most, most people, people I know. Of your class. Of my class and religion and ethnicity. No. Right. Um, so most like, people in Australia. Most people in Australia. <laughs> No, just like just a stress. I think there is a very strong travel, like bug in Australia. I think the isolation of Australia. We are pushed to do it. Our parents did it. Yeah. Like uh, it used to be like the old stereotype. You go to London, you work in the bar, you go see Europe. Either side of that, basically. Mm-hmm. So like you go travel in Europe for like nine months. You go up behind a bar for a year, then you travel for another nine, then you come home. Like my dad was away. Like, yeah. He came from a very poor family. Uh, Newcastle dad worked on the trains one of eight fucking Catholic um, and he went for like two years twice yeah we before he was 30 I never did that Um, the furthest I had been until I got on that plane when I was 19 the furthest away from New York I'd been is Baltimore which is a three hour drive (laughs) that is wild yeah Um, yeah I'd been to Baltimore I'd been to parts of Pennsylvania Mm. I'd been to where else had I been before then? I, I guess I had been to Connecticut plenty of times, Massachusetts here and there. 
Yeah. Um, but really, in that East Coast, in that pocket of where yeah, they think even, you're from. Even, I think I only even went to Philly when I was a very young kid. I remember seeing the Liberty Bell when I was a young kid. Right. You know, I hadn't been to Philly again, and that's, I mean, that's an hour and a half train ride. <laughs> but... So you're close to that thing. So like the I one... was, I was. It's very weird because I was born and raised inside New York City, mm-hmm. which people go, "Oh wow, you must have seen everything." And it's like, yeah, but only when it came to us. Sure, only on our terms. Exactly. Only on our weird addresses. That's what right. We saw I had it. now growing up, my my friends growing up were all from other places. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's how Queens works. Queens is the most diverse county in America, mm-hmm. and Briarwood is the most diverse neighborhood in Queens. Sure. Or was. I don't think it is anymore. But was when I was growing up. Because Briarwood, part of Briarwood was originally, this place called Parkway Village, was originally uh, housing for United Nations families. Oh, and then okay. it just so kind of became <laughs> Right. And then it just kind of became low-income housing. Yeah. Gotcha. But, so it was a very welcoming place for people of, it was, you know, a cheap neighborhood. And a very, so it became a very welcoming place for immigrants. Um, and so th- uh, my friends growing up, like my little group of friends... Um, it was me and one other white Jewish kid, and then there was um, a Mexican kid, a Chinese kid, a Korean kid, and an Indian kid. Wow. And that's that was our group. That was the crew. Yeah. Everybody had, like, I, I was, yeah, I was named Steve, but everybody else's name was, like, Liku, Amal, uh, Lazan, and then there was another Steve, but his last name was Gomez. <laughs> another steve what it was a very it was a very diverse group of group of people yeah so like the one but thing i that, didn't travel the one thing that i'm really curious about is like i think i kind of i kind of came to europe before i could have like an adult preconception mm-hmm. of what europe would be yeah so like that first time like was it like did the did it kind of conform to what you were thinking it was going to be like was it completely like did you have a concept of Budapest? Like, that's a hard one to have a concept of. No, I didn't fully understand what Budapest was. I was fascinated, especially seeing Vienna. Uh-huh. Because Budapest and Vienna in the 1800s were the same. They were very similar cities. Architecture was very similar. Culture was very similar. Right. And then after, because Budapest got the fuck bombed out of it in the war. Mm-hmm. And then it got taken over by communism. Budapest was destroyed a number of times. And so when you see Budapest today, you see all these buildings with bullet holes in them and, you know, and giant, super thick brick and, you know, just like four foot thick entryways sure. and uh, and shutters on every window um, because they used to, you know, they wanted to be closed off in case they were being spied on basically by the party. Mm-hmm. And then you see Vienna and you go, oh, that's the same architecture. That's what Budapest would have been. If not for the If bombing. it hadn't been destroyed several times. And the communists. Absolutely. Yeah. Budapest was, I mean, it's beautiful, and it's also very sad mm. because of because you see what, what it would have been already. Now, that said, it's really coming up. There's a ton of investment going on there right now. Heaps, yeah. Um, yeah, and I had the one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life for like 10 bucks. One of the best steaks? Oh, so good. <laughs> I, had a, I had a similar similar experience in South Africa. That's, that, for some reason, that's like a very American like travel experience for me. It's like well, I went to this place and I got a steak, and I tell you, it was a good fucking steak. Well, it was good stuff. Because I mean, part of the reason I do that is because American beef is such shit. Is it? It is. Cause I thought you guys like king of the steak. No, that's the thing. It's king of the mass-produced, hormone-infused uh-huh. steak. And so to actually eat real, like tender beef that's like actually tastes good. Yeah. Like whenever I go to uh, Alberta. 
Um, Alberta beef is the oh, it's so fucking good. Uh, Alberta in Canada. In just Canada, Alberta. yeah, Alberta is like where Calgary and Edmonton are. That's the province that mm-hmm. has Calgary and Edmonton, and that's like their. The first time I ever played Calgary, I was like, "Good to be here in Dallas," and they were not happy with me. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's a because it's it's cowboy town. They have a rodeo there. That's like the biggest event of the year. Right. It's Canada's Dallas. Okay. Um, but. Their but their, nice their beef is wonderful. A little homage to yeah, you guys. absolutely. But they think it's oh, this is not Dallas. Is, How dare you? Is, is it as an American? Is it the same as Australia, New Zealand? Where like we think it's kind of fun to fuck with them, and like, but we actually do really like them. Like that's that's the Australian relationship with New Zealand. Like we'll make fun of them, but we yeah, really I think do when like, it comes down to it, it is. If you see one overseas, if you see a Canadian overseas, are you like, fuck yeah, that's my mate. This is good stuff. Oh, absolutely, because yeah. we sound kind of like each other. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, the. It, but that's also like New York always teases Jersey, uh-huh. and, uh huh. And you know, but if I see like if if a New Yorker sees a New Jersey person overseas, they're like neighbor, because <laughs> it's we always need an other. Human beings categorize themselves with an other, mm-hmm. and that is why there are wars. That is why there is racism. That is why uh, sports is a good outlet. Because you can just go, That's oh, yeah, <laughs> right, we're we're Mets fans. Fuck those guys. They like the Braves. Yeah. And so it allows you to categorize an other without it being about race or religion, which is yeah, a little friendlier. Yeah, yeah, without friendlier. A, deeper, a deeper connection to the other. That's that's, yeah. that's totally why I love sport. Like, I, I think it's just such a simple thing. It's like, who's the good guy? That guy. Who's the bad guy? The other guy. Right. And <laughs> Done. That's, right. And, like, what happens if the bad guy gets traded to the good guy's team? Well, then he's the good guy again. Obviously. Look at the uniform. It's very simple. It's <laughs> right. Like, very, it's, very clear. It's like sartorial racism. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like purely on clothing. It's just like... They're wearing red. They're the best. They're wearing green. They're a pack of cunts. All right? right. That's and be it. like, well, you know, our red team just changed their team colors to green. Well, they're the best now because they're in green. Exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. So um, the – wait, what was the question about – oh, uh, yeah, about New Zealand and Australia, the relationship. Yeah. So Massachusetts does it to Rhode Island. Texas does it to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It's the It's the, hey, this place is incredibly similar to ours. And if you weren't looking at it on a map, you wouldn't necessarily know it was even different. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're gonna hate you for being from there, for being similar, right? It's you know, if you drop the average person five miles from or kilometers from the Texas state line or the <laughs> Oklahoma you. state People got line, very confused. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, right? Um, even the average person who's not from Australia or New Zealand, put them in one of those places, they wouldn't be able to tell you which one it was. I don't know, but there's a bigger climate change in Australia and New Zealand, though. That's, like, the one thing that I think... There's a big there's a big climate change in most of America versus Canada. That's Canada's true. Canada's so fucking cold. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it is the same, yeah. Look, you're right. I think you're right. Put them inside. Yeah, you... Put them in a building. Put them in a building. <laughs> they, can't, they can't look out. There's no windows. Exactly. Be like, where's this Hungry Jacks? If you, like, ah! if you abducted them and put them in a basement, they would not know whether they were in Oklahoma or Texas. They would have no idea. Or Australia, for that matter. <laughs> exactly. It's all very similar. Would the basement go counterclockwise? That might be a, that might be a clue. Yeah, but they could, they, could tell, they could tell if they're in Sweden because they'd become very used to the basement quickly. Bang! Yeah. Stockholm Syndrome joke. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, also, the basement would be extremely well designed. Very well designed. Very minimal basement <laughs> yeah just just concrete yeah it doesn't actually have a roof on it it's just some stairs down but it's open yeah 
<laughs> Minimal basement. <laughs> Very cold. I got nothing in Norway last night. Like Scandinavian design for communism. That's how you made it work. Yeah. Nothing. That was great. I those, liked it. Those Viking cunts. Um, All right. Are we going over the tour? What are we doing? Well, I just, I want, I want to get the preconceived idea of Europe first. Oh, yeah. Um, so there were definitely things I learned, like, you know, like I didn't know what to expect with Budapest. Mm. Um, but Budapest is also interesting because Hungary is, it's Central Europe. And we're taught very much about Eastern Europe and Western Europe. Of course. And there's not a ton about Central Europe that we're taught. Yeah, it's like Hungary, Poland, Slovakia. Yeah. I think Vienna Czech Republic. Was, Vienna was very much what I expected in that it was like super nice and glitzy and, yeah. you know, fancy and palaces and shit. Yeah. But was it, was it more foreign or less foreign? Was that like, was that something you thought about? Did you feel, did you feel at home quickly or were you like, this place is fucking. I don't far. even, fe- I don't even feel at home when I'm in Canada. <laughs> and okay. the reason why as stupid as this is it's about my phone your phone it's it is when i'm able to have the same phone service wherever i go because so much of my life is about you know look this up on the map and see this mm. that that's a huge change but also in canada canada is the most confusing because it is 90 percent the same uh-huh. the stores are the same the like there are so many things that are the same about canada and then there are a couple things that are so wildly different and you don't know when those things are going to come up right like and it's such simple things like in calgary especially there is a culture of or sorry in edmonton mainly Mm -hmm. but but i also see it in calgary um there is a culture of stores have these giant fucking road signs like Uh on the road that goes alongside the store because yeah. you don't really walk most places there. Sure. So they have these giant signs. The back of them are black. They're on this very specific kind of stand. And they use highlighter colored letters. Pink, yellow, orange. Okay. On these giant black signs. And like every store has them. And they're just everywhere. And like if I saw one of those, I would just go, I'm in Alberta. Right. Because they have those there. But that's not a thing I'm used to seeing. And so there are like little things like that where you just adjust what you're looking for. Because you go, okay, I'm not looking for the Burger King logo. I'm looking for this black sign that says in pink letters, mm. we have burgers here or whatever the hell they're, yeah, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there are like little switches like that that are fairly inconsequential, but they're just a little bit jarring because you're not used to it. And so you're not going to feel at home until you're used to it. In England, we've been talking about this. The fact that the light switches are outside the bathroom. Yeah, it's like, so annoying. Or the pull switch. It's either a rope or it's outside. Yeah. Like, it, there's not just on the wall. It's very bizarre. And then there are better things, like the fact that the all the outlets have on-off switches. Which, oh, of course, because yours is just, uh, just on. You plug in, you're on. We, yeah, we do not have on-off switches. You can buy an outlet with an on-off switch. It is expensive. Um, it is not standard at all. And what is... Is that the fire alarm? It's beeping. Is the fire alarm going off? No. Come on. I think it might be. Wait. I think that's an alarm clock. I think that's like a... I don't think it's an alarm clock. Or it could be outside. Wait, one sec. Hold on. We're going to open the door and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Steve's going to check the door. We'll keep the podcast going because I'm a professional. Is it a fire alarm? If it's a fire alarm, it's a very unobtrusive fire alarm. Just so you know, it's just a beeping. We're in a hotel room in Stockholm. <laughs> That's just this. I hear others. 
It's just this like semi-quiet beeping thing. And it could be a fire alarm. But like, what I just... really weird is I hear others of them down the hall. Hold on. Gonna... You going to do a proper look? I'm gonna... I, just, I just don't believe... I just don't believe in the possibility of fire in Sweden. That's just ludicrous. But look, Jerkos, we might take a little break here <laughs> just to see if we're in legitimate danger. Um, you know, if this episode doesn't have a part two, I have died in a fire. And I want to thank you for listening up until now. But otherwise, see you in like five minutes when we figure out whether we're on fire. You're a spirit girl and you're All right, we are officially back after the fire alarm. Uh, the big fire alarm that took us to showtime. And then the fire alarm that meant nothing. Nothing. Just a, a room got a bath. That's what happened. Yeah, the sprinkler system broke and it set off the fire alarm. The fire alarm only on one floor. Yeah, the reason that we weren't being idiots. <laughs> yeah. We did check quite thoroughly. And then once we engaged the stairs, because the lifts were not working, so well, the lifts thought it was a fire. Once we said the lifts weren't working, we're like, okay, this is, might be a fire. This might be real. We yeah. should get out of here. And then, yeah, there was a fire alarm on like one section of one level. And then everyone was just kind of being in the lobby and they were giving evacuation instructions in Swedish. Oh, only which Swedish. Is so worthless. Like, I'm not trying to I, like assemble a fucking bookshelf. All right, Swedish ain't going to cut it. You well, know? W- when, what I want to know is how many people staying at a hotel in Stockholm speak Swedish? Like, what, 50% you think? Because Sweden, while it is a fairly large country, mm. like... In terms of area. In terms of area. And furniture production. And, and furniture production, but doesn't have a ton of population. And nope. so I'm thinking most of the people who come to Stockholm and stay in a hotel would be foreign. Yeah, well, I mean, I completely agree with that. And also, of the Swedish people staying in the hotel, I would say 90% of them understand the word evacuate or fire in English. Evacuate might be a tough one, but certainly leave. Leave. <laughs> I mean, you got to give Donald Trump some credit. I think he's made the whole world know fire as a word. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Not, not you know, trying to help anybody out, but in his very successful TV show, The Apprentice, I don't know if you heard. Yeah. They, but, but they would think, like they would hear fire, and they would just be like, oh, are we all leaving our jobs? Yeah, that's it. But they would think jobs. that in Swedish. To go on the, they'd never, never think that. Yeah. You can't get fired over here. They're communists. Yeah. They're fucking commies. <laughs> they liked what I called them that today. Yeah, that's my favorite thread. Like, I call, I call the Norwegian socialists nothing. Yeah. You called the Swedish communists, and they're like, yeah. They're like that's funny because well because they're like that's funny because we're not whereas in Norway they're like yes we are socialists and what is your problem with it? Can you not see our red and white flag? Yeah, our red, white, and blue. Is it blue? The cross is blue. Uh, I don't remember. You don't remember? How dare Sweden, you? Sweden's flag. Sorry, I'm tired. Sweden's flag is blue and yellow. Yes, correct. But I think Norway's has like a little a little blue in the cross. I oh, think. I don't know. I think so. Not 100. percent Please, yeah. Norwegians, write in in whatever language you speak. Yes. Probably English. Probably. Okay. So, but it was a good show. Now it's good. We could do the full recap after the whole tour. The whole tour. This it's is, this done. Is it. I fly out. I have to leave. I got to wake up in less than four hours. Yeah. Steve's actually being a proper fucking trooper to finish this pot off. Yeah. Despite the best efforts of Stockholm's Fire Brigade. We cannot be stopped. We cannot be. We could be stopped. 
And did you notice the firemen were like really hot? I was like, when they came in, I was like, I know firemen are hot, but these are Swedish firemen. I thought, I, yeah, oh my God, Swedish. Yeah, Oof. you combine that. Um, but I also noticed that they were, it seemed like they were in the middle of fighting a fire. Mm. Like the way they came in, and I understand that their job is to fight fires, <laughs> but also there wasn't a fire. Yeah. And it really looked like just, it looked like an actor from a scene in Backdraft. Right. They were like given it, they were given it a lot. There was tons of gear. They looked almost like they had soot on their face, which seems impossible considering it was a sprinkler. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were just very fire-y. They, they, that was actually one thing I noticed. When they walked in, I did notice the soot on the face and I was like, shit, is there a fire? Yeah. Like, I was like, these guys, the way that they're dressed. Did they come straight from another fire to, to like cool down with the sprinkler? Surely not. I think like I think uh Sweden's fires are like the UK with fireworks. They do it one day a year. Yeah. You know, just to celebrate another time. <laughs> but they just have to wait till it snows and it puts out the fire. Yeah, that's when we do our little neat little fire trick. But tonight's show was really good. I I yeah. would I would argue tonight's could have been the best show. It was uh I, I still I still think that Brighton first show is the best one. Okay. But but I thought today was a candidate. It was a ton of fun. I mean, look, I got to say I like today because I just got to bully Denmark and Belgium in the same show for no reason. You've really come into your own in terms of like just hating places in front of people <laughs> who may or may not be from there. I mean, it's such a joy. You got to understand, as an Australian, we don't have many places nearby to hate. Yeah, it's pretty much just New Zealand, and New Zealand is lovely. Yeah, and like, what are you going to go, Papua New Guinea? That's a bit rude. Like, they're struggling. Like, yeah. they're doing the best they can. I'm not going to have a go at Papua and like Fiji. Like, you know, they like, they can't decide on a government. But uh, over here, you guys got stupid bottled water. Yeah, They'll be like, oh no, that's not actually from Fiji. No, uh, they just they just like the way the word looks. Oh damn. But yeah, I mean, look, I got to say, hating various European countries just as an Australian, being a shit stirrer. Is one of the great activities. You definitely. And that's all I'm doing. You've re- you really enjoyed it. But um, we had a we had a fun thing in the show today where um, I took the stage wearing your the top half of your tracksuit. It's true. I finally convinced you to give it a go, and it lasted a good three minutes. I got some photos though. I wanted to make was, sure. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. But then I was like, this is warm and uncomfortable and a little too small. Yeah, you just didn't. You didn't like it. You didn't feel comfortable in the tracksuit. Didn't yeah. suit him. Uh, also, don't feel comfortable in the European T-shirt. Yeah, the, it's too small. Nobody, nobody told Steve that in a European T-shirt you will get nipple. It's hard not, nips, not just nips. Which yes, there were nips, dude. There was strong. Uh, if I had a better camera on my iPhone, I would have evidence of the nips. Yeah, I got to get you on the fireman calendar. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had some strong backdraft sooty nips, and also, uh, but also the shirt's just a little too short. I am. It's a Zara. I got shirts at Zara, which mm. is a brand I use in the States. Very European. It's a European brand, which is why I shop in it, because you can be tall without being fat. Uh-huh. It's more common. Because in America, if you're tall, you've got to be fat. It, Big it, and tall. In America, yeah, in America, if you are a large, like, or if you're like an XL height, mm. then you're an XL belly. Uh-huh. And I'm just an XL height. Right. I did add a little bit of belly on this trip. With an I do L, know that. L belly? You got I, a little L belly? I add a little bit of belly. Or an M. Are you an M belly? Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm an M belly. Because I wear an L, but I drape. I'm like a I'm like a curtain. Yeah, that's that's important. <laughs> or, or drapes. Yeah, you want to keep it You're simple. a drape, like a curtain, or perhaps a drape. <laughs> 
uh you know i'm like one of those berries that's blue you know yeah like uh oh, i forgot the name so uh yeah i got a. Uh, I didn't work out enough on this trip I, I i went to the gym four times and they weren't even like full workouts because most know, of the time they were garbage hotel gyms you went to the gym four times more than me though that is true and but you did all your yoga stuff you do yoga yeah don't tell them that i don't need the jerk offs knowing that i'm that much of a douche you know like it's they know not I'm that a- much of a douche good for you for actually giving a shit about your physical appearance see i can't hear that and not feel ashamed why <laughs> If I was Japanese, I'd be mid seppuku right now. <laughs> Is it seppuku or seppuku? I don't uh, know. I thought it was Sudoku. Uh, oh, we're talking about two different things. Yeah, it's true. Yours is more of a yours is more of a suicide. Mine's more of a numbers game. Yeah. <laughs> Which suicide can be a numbers game depending how you do it. Do you ever get around the Ken Ken? Speaking of Japanese numbers games, uh, I get. I didn't get into the Ken Kens. I did. I do like the Sudokus before. Um, before planes had outlets. Uh-huh. Um, when you could charge. We had to conserve that battery. Yeah, when I could use my computer for like two, three hours maybe. Yeah. And especially it was also when I was like, when I had computers with worse batteries. Mm. And so I would get like two hours on the battery and then I would just do the Sudoku. I mean, look, I reckon that's something we should definitely talk about on this tour. You are a very hardworking man. Thank I you. would say arguably the hardest working man I've seen. It's crazy. The man never stops. Constantly got the computer out, constantly got the phone out, doing stuff. Yes. Taking boxes. Do you think you missed a bit out the window of the train? Oh, I I didn't see shit. Do you feel like you were more clued in? Like you didn't really... Because like Norway today was like very lovely when we were going on the train in Norway. Yeah. And the plane in Norway because there's no clouds. You could just see all these fucking frozen lakes with those convenient borders. That they oh, had. that was so weird that it looked like the border of Norway and Sweden. It, it may well be. There was actually heaps of them. I, I don't know what they were. I don't know if they were like oil pipelines. Oh, or yeah. Like so they were just like slopes. straight. Yeah. There, there was like one every like, maybe it was like every 10 kilometers. Like that's how metric these cunts are. Just like bang, bang, bang. These are your increments. They just have a grid on their own country. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, it's so convenient. Like longitude, latitude and shit. Yeah, like, we just put like them latitude in. latitude lines? Maybe. If you're Norwegian, you know what those lines are. Please do get in touch. Um, um, yeah, I definitely didn't see or experience that much on the tour mm. because so much of it was work. But I'll, but that's part of what I do. But like, do do you sometimes like ah maybe I should just shut the laptop down, just stare at something? No, I'd rather have people come to the shows. <laughs> I mean, very good answer. I am I am at a point right now in my career, I am so close to a tipping point. Sure. And there will come a time where people can do that shit for me. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to just experience and enjoy. And there'll be someone whose job it is to book everything and to make sure we get there and to have the train tickets waiting for us and to all that shit. There'll be a, a tour manager. Yes. That's what it's called, right? But, Bands have those. Yeah, but that's not where they I am. They can get right us pot now. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. They can score for us. Yeah, well, pot for you, American bacon for me. That's true. But the. <laughs> like that, there'll come a time, and, you know, until then, I'm a work. Yeah. Well, no, just, it's just something I noticed because I get to cruise a little bit. I was, I was probably working more just out of guilt. Guilted you into being productive. Yeah, is that like next to you? I was like, oh, Jay's better do something. Better at least text or something. Yeah, like, Um, uh, I I guess I gotta. 
play this iPhone game or something. <laughs> I gotta do something here. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just, it is interesting because like, I think just in general, like you're on your phone more, you're on your laptop more, like just everyone. Yeah. So you're not even, you're not looking at the stuff. Like, cause no. we've got a lot of trains and trains you can see like countryside and get a feel and. Yeah. And I would, I would look every so often. Mm. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's like farms. It is. Yeah. We saw a lot of farms. But a lot of more cattle in Europe than England. Yeah, and I would and say. mostly I've been I with the exception of Poland I've been to all these places before, mm. and so not only that it's my third or fourth time in some of these places. Yeah, and so the first time I was in England, like in London, I did all the touristy stuff. I saw Big Ben, which I can't even see now. That's true. Covered up. Yep, I saw um I saw the jewels, crown jewels at the Tower of London. I saw the crown jewels. Mm-hmm. Learned about Guy Fox. Guy Fox. Um, I took I took a tour that was like the secret tour of London. Where oh, it was so all you did the proper of, touristy stuff. It was the like first murdery time. stuff. They this like taught us all about touristy. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and uh, it was such shit. It was in. <laughs> it's a great tour. It was a wonderful tour. Oh, right. The weather was such shit. Oh, okay. It was yeah, in yeah, June, yeah. and it was oh my god, it was just above freezing, and it was like mm. rainy. And there were four people who took the tour. The other two left, wow. like halfway through the tour. And we stuck it out for a little bit. And then like three quarters of the way through the tour, finally we're like, we've seen a lot. We're miserable. Mm. We're, we're going to go. We're just going to call it. And the guy completely in. understood. He still got his money. He was fine. Yeah. Now, I'm just trying to think like the kind of touristiest thing we did. I guess it was the museum in Warsaw. Yes. But you also went to see that house in Edinburgh, like the mansion. I did. I, I got to see, yeah, I got to see the mansion in Edinburgh. Like yeah. this is this isn't like a famous Edinburgh mansion before you start Google. This is just a house that was for sale. And Steve's like, fuck it, maybe. Yeah. It was uh <laughs> it was a house that was for sale for a very reasonable price. It was completely fixed up. And the reason I know it will not work mm. is it's the dumbest reason. I'm too tall for the house. Right. Was it low ceiling, the low doorways? doorways? Uh-huh. The doorways were and I'm talking like I'm six four. The doorways on the first floor were like six feet. The second floor we're like maybe five eight, and by the third floor, those doorways are like five four. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, there's no way. But you would, you would think, you think about moving though. I gotta say, for an American, you seem more open to the idea of leaving America than most. I've, I've romanticized the idea of, of that. You know, I think it could be fun to kind of try to out of the, out of the stand up in a different place. Out of the countries you've been to on this trip, gun to your head, which one? Uh, oh, for, for the lifestyle, not the career. Oh, the career. Scotland. Scotland, hundred percent. Edinburgh specifically. I, oh. I love it. Um, I've also, you know, I did You're, like Brighton a whole lot. Brighton's cool. People love Brighton. I asked people at the end of this podcast, you're going to get this question as well, where you would live if you had to live somewhere else in the world apart from where you currently live. Yeah. And Brighton is a very common answer. Uh, Edinburgh is the is my answer, though. Really? I, I locked that in early. I do I do love Edinburgh. Uh, the weather is really what prevents me. It's the same reason I don't live in Seattle. You go to Seattle? Big hipster. Is Seattle hipster or Portland hipster? Uh, Portland, Portland is a caricature of itself that happens sometimes when like a place gets a reputation for being a certain way the people are beyond who are beyond that way Mm -hmm. move there and so like portland got this reputation for being like kind of hipster and so the people who are the hipsteriest of hipsters all move there 
And yeah. now, now it's fucking ridiculous. I reckon that's exactly what happened in Melbourne, in Australia. Yeah. That seems like the exact same vibe. I enjoy Portland, but like I went to this cafe where none of the breakfast items had like what was in them. They all just had names. It was like the war and peace. And it's like, what? <laughs> what's in the war and peace? Is it? it what's the war is the war the bacon is it the eggs it's the i mean you know it'd be a filling meal that's not a small book you no, know it's that's not got some at all length it's actually just the pages of war and peace cooked into a sandwich oh my god well, at least it's vegan very yeah very large actually, right, no, sandwich. It's a, vegan yeah vegan's fine yeah it's, it's, it's plant, is a tree a plant yes yeah plant, of course. is a tree a plant i know that, how look, late is it it is late it's late in the tour but this is where we get on us best audience yeah. best audience of this tour of the tour i i do think that brighton first show was lights out okay that was like, so good that was just that was just combination of people in the room or like you think the english are number one no i think i think i think country audiences mm. now in fairness most countries we only, with the exception of England, we never did more than two shows in a country. That's true. And that was only us. The only countries we even did two shows were Belgium and Scotland. Scotland. And I was. No, we did one in Ireland, one in Northern Ireland. You were close. I, I was close to pissing them off again. It's yep. my gift. Um, I I would say both shows in Scotland were just stellar. Yeah. So Scotland was batting 100%. Glasgow and Edinburgh competed for the best show. The weirdest mm. part is, is that right in the beginning of the tour, we're like, I don't know which of these shows is the best show of the tour. Because we had Dublin was a contender. Mm -hmm. Dublin audience was fantastic. Then Edinburgh and Glasgow were contenders. Then we had Liverpool, and we're like four... Of the first six shows. We, I don't think we can leave out Manchester. If anyone's listening to this from Manchester, they'd be like, how much better could we have enjoyed that show? No, Manchester was wonderful. Mm. But but wasn't Manchester after Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, and so what I'm saying, it was four of the first six, and then Manchester was really good, and in any other, what is it going to say? Like, in any other tour, I'd have been like, oh, that's one of the, that could have been the best show. But then mm. I'm like, looking at how many of the best show there already was, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so so there were I mean there were a ton of competitors for the best show. Can I can I put something to you that I found interesting? Yeah. Northampton. I I've previously had a very sticky show in Northampton. Yeah. Like the crowd I did some Brexit stuff and they really kind of clammed up and really kind of tightened up. They you did some Brexit stuff and then they left? They didn't they didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's how into Brexit they are. They didn't leave. They just threatened to leave the whole time. Yeah. Um, they stood there for three and a half years. Yeah, being like, one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I did Northampton with you, completely different energy. And I think the fans that you have, like that you have, you have like a, I would say a very progressive. I do. Yes. A very nerdy. Yes, absolutely. Polite. I'm happy to call them nerds. You know yeah, why? Because I'll me. beat them in a fight if I need to. They're me. <laughs> if I need to get through it. But My fans yeah. are just different versions of me. <laughs> That's how it works. Every comedian's dream. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Um, but it just, it like, even when I think going to all these places, like, I would maybe say the European ones are a little bit different just because I think Europeans can't help but be from their country a little. Yes. But, like, it's, it's, it's not playing like your regular audience in those places. Well, like, I can tell you that Northampton especially... So any place that is conservative, mm. my fans are even more fun because they're the people who are are progressive in a place that people don't agree with them. 
Yeah. So it matters more to them. Yeah, because like the personal connection thing is big. Like I've I've worked with like a few different people, but like with you, they are the most connected to you as a human being I've ever seen. That is, I appreciate that, group. especially because you've worked with YouTube people. I have. Yeah. Several. And yeah, this is one where um, every single show, someone said, uh, someone gave me a Let's Go Mets, which is the thing that I told people to say instead of consoling me because my dog died recently. Mm. And I just basically said, I was like, look, I don't want to think about it. And so if you want, if you want to express your sympathy, which I appreciate you know, don't make the wound fresher. Just say, let's go Mets, because that's something that would make me happy. And I'll say it back, and we'll know what we're talking about. And every single show, I got at least one, if not multiple. Yeah, and Which, that, was all, that was all quite recent as well. Like, they were very respectful of that. Absolutely. And there was like a couple of people who didn't know, and they were just the most apologetic. Oh, yeah, they were mortified. Except there was one guy in the Q&A. I think it was uh, in Northampton. It in, was in, in Northampton. Yeah, the Q&A... That guy was super fucking weird where he gave me a, and I know he meant well, but I was like, what are you doing, man? He yeah. gave me a fuck, Mary kill. And that's a thing you learn that. That's the thing yeah. with my fans now. Because that's the thing. I got invited to the Q&A from Edinburgh on. It took me took me three gigs to earn. Yeah. Earn and, the invitation. I just kept forgetting. <laughs> and so I wanted you to do the Q&A. It's way more fun with someone else. Yeah. But the... Uh, the fuck Mary kill because that's a thing that I've been getting now, and because I did like one video with it, and so then someone else asked me it, and now it's something where like I've I've already got like five or six videos, and so I get one almost every Q and A. It's a real life meme. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. And someone asked me a fuck Mary kill with my sister, my ex wife, who he knew by name. Creepy. Um. Yeah, and I know I used to do a podcast with her, but it's still weird. <laughs> and uh, and my dog, my dead dog. Oof. who I just lost. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. that is... And he even said before he asked it, he's like, oh, I shouldn't ask this. And I was like, well, then don't. Like, don't and he still don't did do it. it. I'm, giving, it. I'm giving you a get out of jail here. What yep. are you doing, you lunatic? Yeah. All right. Best audience is Scottish. Best people. Who did you like the most? Who rubbed you the right way? Ooh. And don't be a pussy. Just say No, it. I just hadn't even considered that as a question. So this is like my favorite. Anyone who listens to this knows my favorite thing in the world is stereotypes and generalizations. Yes. I adore them. The best people on this tour, and we're doing it by country, by city, or by show. Whatever you like. You, I, I reckon by city. Like, I think the by city, city. Or the country, if you want to include everybody. Okay. By, by city... Best people, oh, it's so hard to say. I mean, Amsterdam, maybe. Yeah? Yeah, I had the post-show line. I mean, look, I enjoyed myself everywhere. Mm. Um, there there wasn't like a, a specific place. Every now and then, and I've had that in the States where I'm just like, what the fuck is with these people? Like yeah. the Q&A, you know, would be so, like there'll be someone who hangs around too much. Uh, there was one show we did where someone waited in line four separate times because I was there with two other comics. She hit on each one of us. Mm. And then she went back. She hit on Brett Druck a second time. And so he's like, haha, I win. And we were like, do you? Do you? <laughs> um, so, like, sounds like me and Jarrett win. But the, I, I think Amsterdam, the line, they were just very chill. Yeah. Very respectful. They were interested without being invasive that's the toughest thing because sometimes people get very invasive and sometimes people also don't know when to stop talking 
Like, they could just have 30 people behind them. Yeah. And they'll just be telling me a long, drawn-out story, and I just want to be like, hey, I this is not the time. Yeah, I had to save you. I think only once. The the girl in the hat. The girl in the hat in Two North Down. Who might be listening to this podcast. <laughs> she was very enthusiastic. No, that wasn't even that wasn't even the save. The save was from her drunk friend. Her drunk friend was like kind of mad. Oh, is this because like they thought you were related to them or something? It was the drunk friend had a similar last name to me. Oh man. And so like, we could she, be related. The, she like, seemed oh. to be like angry. Right, okay. Because I just remember getting eyes and I just had to like jump in. Be like, hey, yeah. oh, look, I'm another person. I felt like there was one other time we had to do that, but I don't remember what it was. I think it was early on. Me neither, yeah. I feel, I feel I like a was. rodeo clown. That was like my job in that thing. Yeah, just be like, hey, distract this bull. Yeah, I'm just the, gonna go here. There was one, the one where you left to do another spot in Dublin. Yeah. Um, that was the one where the girl got so drunk. I bought everyone shots. She bought everyone shots. I cannot believe. Like, she, she, oh. bought, she bought a tray of shots without announcing it. So most people were just leaving after the show. They had no idea. Secret shots, the worst kind. I had to be, yeah, I had to be the one, like, while people were coming to take a picture with me, I had to be like, by the way, there are free shots if anybody wants. It was so bizarre. For, and for she a was guy so who doesn't drunk. drink. Yeah. And <laughs> by she the was, way, this is free shots. It's just next to me. This is something that I, you know, I just look out for my fans. I like to buy people trays of shots. This isn't creepy at all. Anyway, free shot. Yeah. And so, <laughs> free shot. You didn't see him poured. And so, I. Yeah, and, and she was so drunk, she kept wanting to take a picture with me, but she, like, already did. Oh. And then she kept wanting to take more, and, her, you know, her boyfriend was was just did, being did very you, patient. Did you not just get the camera and be like, look, here's a photo of you and me, here's a photo of you and me, just going yeah. back through the photos? I just had a, I mean, I was just, and it was my first day, and so I was like, I'm so jet-lagged right now. Mm. You know, I thank you, I appreciate it. I try to be nice to everybody, even if they're kind of being jerks. yeah. Um, good quality yeah i try it's it's mainly just for fear of failure <laughs> but uh it, it was uh yeah it, it was just she was so drunk best meal best meal yeah uh I'm manchester chinese food easy manchester chinese easy this trip for me has been all about this shouldn't be what we're doing here yeah. Like, the only meal that we had that I was like, this is fucking on point, was the pierogi in Poland, which was amazing. The pierogies in Poland was probably second best. Because, like, that was, like, proper didn't speak English. And, like, I mean, I know it's kind of, like, a quaint thing or whatever, but... My favorite thing about that place... Yeah. ...was I looked up the word for water, which is water. <laughs> yeah. W-O-D-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it to her and pointed to it on my phone. Mm. And she brought us punch. That's true. She bought us cordial. You didn't know what cordial was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what cordial that was. That was so weird. I was like, how do you not have flavored water in America? You guys seem like you invent. Like I just assume you invented Kool Aid, probably. Kool Aid. That's absolutely it. Sorry, you're absolutely right. But that's just the brand that's name. It's also what we call punch. Oh, you guys fucking love a brand name over there. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you're telling me I'm like, do you want some paracetamol? Do you want some Panadol? And you're like, what? And I'm like, Advil. And you're like, oh, like, pff. yeah. Because well, I would go, call it ibuprofen. But ibuprofen and paracetamol are different. They're the two different painkillers. Uh no I because paracetamol is easy on the stomach Tylenol what's Tylenol then Tylenol is acetaminophen I think Tylenol I think is paracetamol I think Advil might be neurofen Okay we're calling them different things then because ibuprofen is is what Advil is Yeah okay then that's not paracetamol that's different Ibuprofen because I can't have ibuprofen because of my stomach Okay 
because it's it's much harsher in your stomach. You can have as much Panadol as you want, pretty much forever. Like paracetamol doesn't really hurt you. Okay. Whereas ibuprofen, you should drink milk before you have it if you're gonna do it on empty stomach. Um, I think you might be thinking of acetaminophen. Dude, I, I I'm not gonna argue pharmaceuticals with an American because you invented it, but sure. <laughs> I just I, I'm ga- I'm a hundred percent on paracetamol and ibuprofen. Yeah. By the way, any Scientologist listening to this right now is very upset by how casually we're talking about drugs. Really? Do they not do drugs? Uh, they one of their big things is that like we're over prescribing our children, which is true. Which is definitely true. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, they view all of that stuff as evil. Oh, I mean that. That means Scientology is true about the right about two things: the overprescribing children and the big lizard in the beginning. Oh yeah, absolutely, tons of big lizards. I don't just one. It was just one big lizard. I'm big. I'm I'm big on big lizard. <laughs> I don't know what this is. They really missed. They really missed a trick to call their big lizard Godzilla. You know what I mean? Just like right there, God. Oh <laughs> and my he's a god, big that's fucking great. lizard. Putting the god in Godzilla. Yeah, just they like were right there and they missed it because they don't like Japanese people. That's what I hear about Scientologists. I hear a lot of things about Scientologists. Living oh. in LA, they're all over. That's true. I'd love to spread some rumors about Scientologists. Um yeah, but best 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 meal the Chinese. I oh. Yeah. I that was some of the best Chinese food I've ever had. That was fantastic. And you just never think to find in Manchester. The burrito in Belfast was also very good. Burrito in Belfast was good, but it wasn't anything look, I live two hours from Mexico. Yeah. It wasn't anything that I've never had before that I've never like it was it was a solid burrito. It was like it, it was But for Belfast, were you not jaw droppingly gobsmacked? This is pretty good. Absolutely. The idea of getting wonderful Mexican food in Northern Ireland <laughs> was surprise. It's hard to get wonderful Mexican food in northern Dakota. <laughs> like how how is it in Northern Ireland? But it was yeah, it was great. Dude, yeah, we've been like, oh, you just, you leave the UK and it just gets so good. Like you leave England. I don't know. I even, I even feel like Scottish kind of do it better, which I don't think yeah, many people Dumbling would agree with. Yeah, the Dumpling Place in Edinburgh was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I took it, uh, man, Noodle and Dumpling, my yeah. absolute favorite place. Solid, solid place. If you're but there, my please coffee go. place was gone. I was so sad. Oh yeah. We're trying to find a coffee place and oh, just be gentrified. Was, oh my God. I was in, when I did the Fringe last year. So this is not even a year and a half ago. Yeah. When I did the Fringe, you know, last year, um, I went to this place to get a coffee one day, and I was like, can I get a vanilla latte? And he goes, I'll make you a hazelnut. And I was like, but why? <laughs> and he just said, he goes, trust me, if you don't like it, I'll make you the vanilla one. I was like, okay. You know, I'm a wuss when it comes to how I drink coffee anyway. May as well make it even fancier. And I'm a fancy boy. Wait, so do you drink it because you don't like the flavor of regular coffee? I thought you just, I just thought, I thought it was like a... A show of masculinity that yeah, I'll get a hazelnut latte. That, I can that's drink a show of masculinity that you yeah, don't care. I, I can I can drink this without no, being I like, worried. I like the taste. What the boys will say? No, because I, like I the could taste. never order it. I'd probably like the taste, but I could never. I could never. Well, that's part of. I I mean, I don't care what people say because I do enjoy it. It's the same way. My friend was giving me shit for wearing uh, earmuffs once. We were in St. Louis. It was Fahrenheit. It was two degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so it's so minus ten. It's minus whatever the fuck it is. It's the <laughs> end. Of, it's the end of the reasonable scale. Sure. And we're walking. It's only like two blocks. And like I put the I, I put the earmuffs on. Mm. And it's not. You know, I don't have like the big puffy ones. I have like the you know. Yeah, the very thin, streamlined, very, very thin, elegant flat ones. They're elegant like the completely earmuffs. flat ones. They go behind <laughs> your head instead of on top. Mm. Um, like behind the neck, the modern ones. And uh, and he. Like, my buddy made fun of me for wearing the earmuffs. And I'm like, I don't care, man. I'm not as cold as you. Yeah. So enjoy enjoy it. 
I mean, I, I have been feeling mildly superior to for the fact that you have more cold weather items than me. Oh, I need I need way more cold weather items. I have a comfort zone of, and I can only speak in Fahrenheit. I don't really know. Well, I guess I know this in Celsius. I have a comfort zone of like 19 to 22. That's it. That's pretty much it. Higher or lower danger. That might even be exaggerated because I don't know the conversion so well. Okay. So it's it's really that like sounds 68 to 72 degrees. That's my comfort zone. If it's colder than that or hotter than that, I get a little I get a little uncomfortable. And that's why LA designed for you. LA was made Perfect. for me. Perfect. There's so few Mediterranean climates in the world and LA is one of them. Nice. Well, there's also the Mediterranean. Greece, living in Greece, living yeah. in Italy. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that. The sun would be an issue, but I guess in LA there's the sun. Yeah, LA is the sun, but I mainly go out at night and there's also a lot of shade in LA. A lot of shade? Mm-hmm. It's nice Tons of trees. Shade. Okay, interesting. Uh, best and lo- buildings. Best, best looking people. Best looking people. Um, women, Poland. Really? Poland. You were like... Absolutely. Your joke is true. <laughs> I had never... I, I, I didn't understand your joke until I went to Poland, and I was like, what in the fuck is this? Yeah, they're good. Good looking bunch. I don't know. Hotties. Underappreciated, I think, in the hottie, in the hottie chat around yeah, the world. Yeah, you never hear... Because I've heard about Scandinavian women before, mm. and the first time I came to Norway uh, two years ago... I was with Andrew Rivers. We stepped off the plane, and he just goes, oh, my God, every woman here looks like Giselle. Mm. And I said, yeah, but every guy looks like Thor. Yeah, they're all so hot. Right, and that's a problem. But in (laughs) Poland, every woman is, you know, just looks like a, like an Eastern European supermodel, Mm. and every guy looks like their agent. (laughs) <laughs> like it's not or their, or their pressuring father yeah it's it's not as and i'm sure there are very attractive polish men but it is not as common i mean i'm sure none the of them woman. listen to podcasts not even just this one but i don't think attractive polish men listen to any podcast yeah because you don't think that they exist yeah that is out no that is out there killing it that is like i'm the only attractive man out of like a hundred in poland this is yeah. a great time it yeah so i i think so overall average people not just women I would say... I was going to go, let's go into men. Let's just go hottest men. Hottest men. I mean, I was going to say overall people, so this would include men. Mm. Um, Got to be either either uh, Oslo or Stockholm. Really? I yeah. I got something about a... I don't mind a Dutch the man. The Viking. All right. I like it. I like it. Just they're kind of long... Yeah, but you know they just they just say yeah I think they're all right I yeah. like the Dutch. By the way, hopefully me drinking water was not a very weird sound of the mic because it sounded a little farty. When oh I, well, look, yeah, I'm sure of, I'm sure yeah. they'll forgive you. Yeah. It is late. I'm just trying to I'm trying to think if there's any other any other good questions for like worst people. Oh, there we go, worst people. Worst people. Come on, who bugged you? Um, because I I got I got two answers I reckon. All right. Well, I mean, your answer is always Belgium. I mean, that's part of the answer, of course. But was, but you had a lovely show at the Cali Club. That's true. Second one. Yeah. I like, that we, I like that we played like the perimeter of Brussels. Like we yeah. weren't ever in the center. We were like not at going the top the, we, and at the bottom. We stayed in the center. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we did not perform in the center. Yeah. Um, I think worst people. I mean, that bright and late show sucked. Right. The bright and late show sucked, but the bright and early show was so good. But I, I don't even mean like just in the crowds, like just like interacting with them in the day to day. I know like the show. I know the shows do dominate, and that's what I was gonna right. say. I think like for me, like the the Belgians, like as an audience, I don't generally like. Although the Cali Club, I can't fault them; they were fun. 
But like the one thing that's really bugged me, this is in Norway and Sweden. Like motherfuckers don't know how to walk on the street. Yes. Yes. It's driving me mental. And it's so and it's so cold. Yeah. That it's like you gotta move out of the way. There's a thing I noticed here where people will walk in a straight line regardless of who's in their path. If they are setting off to walk straight, mm. if I have to like step out because there's someone else on the other side, or there's construction, or mm. there's a there's a rubbish bin, or do you see how I, I talked in British? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, did very well. Trash you. can. There's a trash can. Yeah. Garbage can. Um, if I have to step to the side, then that person will just keep walking straight as if I'm not there. It's very strange. I, I saw it happen five, six times. And I think there's, like, another thing where they don't, like, make noise to indicate that they would like you to move or that they're... In, and if you make yeah. any noise, they get very freaked out. They're like, when you're just like, excuse me, like, oh, like... Yeah. Well, what, what did I do to make you talk? It must have been terrible. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, it kind of was. You didn't move. <laughs> I was uh, definitely... Definitely a factor. I would just, I just want to shove them. I want to yeah. shove these. The, I think they just haven't too much room. Norway seemed hideously overcated as a country. What's yeah? What's been interesting though is so I'm pretty much wearing my comedy juice hoodie almost everywhere, and seeing how many people just started talking to me in another language, even though I'm wearing an English shirt. Yeah, but that, they do that, right? And I know, I know people where you know. I mean, I know American culture has permeated everywhere. Mm. But it was just interesting to to see that like there wasn't a moment of like, oh, could this per does this person is is this person not one of us? Even though I don't look like I would be. Yeah, I'm trying to think what country. I mean, obviously Scotland, I would fit in the most. I think. Yeah, this tall redheaded guy. Like, yeah, I think like you're Belgian. You don't look very Belgian, like. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but up here you got the redheaded Scandies, like these these odd looking. Yeah, but they don't look like me. It's a different redhead. Yeah, but if you're not paying attention, you know, you just put, yeah, oh, I maybe. Because so. you're tall. Yeah. Like you know, you're tall. You're ginger. That could be Scottish. Could be Irish. I believe they call it average height here. Average height. Oh, please, six four still, mate. Yeah. Still above. Don't worry, baby. You're all right. Thank you. I don't like that they robbed me of my identity. I enjoyed finally telling them that tonight. It's like when I come here, I'm, I'm used to being a tall white man. Oh, dude, and that joke that from crushed me. tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that was real good. Uh, last thing. I'm just trying to think. If I, which country had the best English out of the Europeans? Oh. And which had the worst? Hmm. Because I, I think the... See, the worst, worst was probably Poland, actually. Poland felt foreign. Yes. When we were there. But in a nice way. Like, I actually kind of enjoyed that. That at the pierogi place, they didn't speak English at all. They were just like, no. Yeah. Like, uh, that was, come I, to I was us. fine with that. Yeah. Um, I would say... So, yeah. So, worst English was probably in Poland. Best English, I would say Norway or Sweden. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're being too controversial here. Oh, and the Dutch—they're very their English was very good. Yeah, they were they were good too. But the Dutch crowd was more international. Yeah, I was also trying to think of like mm. who, 
who I had the most trouble understanding. Actually, the worst English was Glasgow, <laughs> an English-speaking country. A shout out to Jackie, a regular regular listener. Oh one of the my jerk god, ups. it was so funny you, just you to could, try to understand that question. You just see, just see Steve's eyes just getting more wide and confused as Jackie kept talking, like zero down, like the show, just like what pants, and he's like, oh my god, this is too much. Yeah, I the one thing I got was the word dune. Scottish, Dune. Scottish for down. Yep, that is Scottish for down. All right. So overall reflection on the tour: good, bad, uh, positive, wonderful, very tiring, very tiring. Um, we were just go 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 so often. I don't think people realize how little time. Because if we're doing a show at 8 p.m., say I want to give the breakdown, just because I think people are like, "Oh, how did you not have any time to say anything?" Yeah, it's like no. So like, say it's an 8 p.m. show. Like, look now. We're finishing recording the podcast. It's almost one thirty. Usually, we'd be in bed by 1, I reckon. Yeah, it was like, basically... Well, because we would eat after the show. Yeah. So, you eat after the show. You do like any like kind of winding down. You do any like work. You're always working. Yeah, check, check the email. I mean, that's prime time for people to be awake in the States. Yeah, so you got to handle that. And then you sleep until like 8 or Yeah, nine. sleep until 8 or 9. Uh, you know, most of the time, our train's at like 11. We're not next to the train station. Yeah. So we have to get there. So it's like breakfast, train. Yeah, grab a bite, train, get to the next city. Average three hours in transit, I reckon. Yeah, check into the hotel, um, grab some food. By then, we're talking four o'clock already. Yeah. And we got to get to the venue half an hour before doors in order to set up. So that's an hour and a half before the show, typically. Yeah. And setup isn't much. It's, you know, just putting up the camera, getting the audio. But, you know, you're walking to a different venue every time. And sometimes the seats have to be rearranged. Because hmm. um, a know, lot of them aren't necessarily like regular comedy clubs. Like these are. Yeah. Some of these were bars. Some of these were places was it that. Casino? Yeah, a casino that was like a room rental. And some of these places are places that do comedy, but haven't really thought it through. Yeah. And so then we're like, no, 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 no. This is how you do it. Yeah. We're doing this. We know how this works. Right. Yeah. And like... And then it's showtime. Yeah. So it's like, there's like, you know, not a lot of downtime in a day. Yeah, I had... And that's why, I mean, I was able to find, you know, four days that the gym worked. Mm. But, you know, wasn't many. And I reckon I got a thing now. I, I realize the thing I hate most about doing comedy is whenever when we eat is generally when the good food isn't available. Because today we were walking around after yeah. we slammed lunch real quick and before the show, like in this like non-eating window, and there was nothing but amazing food up and down the streets. And then as soon as the show finished, it was all closed. Yeah. And like when we were coming in for lunch, it was like after the service because like you're just always kind of eating off schedule. Now, in big cities in the States, you know, I mean, look, when I'm playing like a smaller market, Mm. that's the same thing. But in a big city, and I'm not just talking New York. I'm talking New York. I'm talking Chicago. Seattle has Seattle has a wonderful Thai place. It's open till two. Mm. Um, And actually my favorite restaurant in America, which is called uh, Toulouse Petit. And it's in it's in Seattle in uh, Queen Anne, and it's uh, it's phenomenal. And they have a wonderful late night tapas menu, mm. and they're like you, you're gonna find that. And so that was one thing I was adjusting to here, where I was like, oh, oh, kebabs. That's what that's what's open now. <laughs> Just yeah, always. And when I say Just here, kebabs. I mean like almost every stop we had, and that's part of why 
Manchester was so awesome because not only was the food fantastic, but it was, it was late. Like, it was, it was very late. late. Restaurants, please, just serve till midnight. Comedians everywhere will thank you. And there's bloody heaps of us now. Um, all right, one final question. What was the most surprising thing out of all the countries that you went to? What was the thing that you were like, oh, holy shit, how'd that happen? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I wasn't surprised by much because I've been to most places. I mean, I was very surprised by the diner in in Poland. Yes, being able to get a Thanksgiving dinner. You got a Thanksgiving dinner at a moment's notice in Poland in from Poland. a diner that sprang up the day that the Iron Curtain fell the same day as McDonald's entered Poland. Yeah, and it also was a diner that was one of the weirder experiences. So we went to we went to try to get quote unquote American food twice. Yes. Once was in Manchester. We tried to get American uh, breakfast. Ah, yes. Two times you got sucked in by the. This is how Americans like it. American breakfast in Manchester. You're gonna feel right at home, sir. I felt immediately I was like, this is how Chinese people feel in America. <laughs> like, this is how Chinese people feel when people are like, egg foo young. <laughs> they're like, what the hell is that? What is this? What did you do to my cuisine? Yeah. And that was, so the American breakfast they had, it was a full English. Yes. exactly in the same style, but the back bacon that English people eat, which is different than the, than the pork belly that American people eat, mm-hmm. was cut to look like it was pork belly. It was in the strips as opposed to in the o- oval rashes. Yeah. Everything else was exactly the same. I mean, it was just amazing because you dragged me in there after like a week of complaining about hotel breakfast and their fucking bacon. I was and like, give me this got, one. And you it was just horrible. got done. You got done immediately. Oh, yeah. But but Jeff's in Warsaw was, that was American food. I mean, it was a typical Thanksgiving meal. We started off with a plate of fried things like mozzarella sticks, buffalo wings. Oh, we got wings, the American sampler and it was Doritos, just the most ridiculous. Nachos with no sauce. It was, But those chips were good. The chips were good. Yeah. And, and the, then the mozzarella sticks were good. Then we got seafood gumbo. Which was super weird because that's a very entree. limited part of America that they serve that in. Seafood gumbo with, uh, with plus size shrimp. Yeah. Real was, big shrimps it was in there. Super weird. I love that, like, when they brought it over and I was like, oh, this shrimp, I, I, don't, I don't eat shrimp, you know, so you can, I don't need one. That's fine. And then she was like, well, I don't eat shrimp either, but I love this. And I wanted to be like, but that means you do eat shrimp she's like but it's good yeah and i was like well <laughs> someone else can have it then i'm not asking you to not charge me for it yeah you know just don't include it and uh but then the thanksgiving dinner itself was turkey real turkey my first turkey i think really I think there wasn't my first proper turkey we gotta get you a proper turkey with some gravy because there wasn't gravy yeah because it was just cranberry no yeah, gravy was, but there was mash yeah there was mash which was good brussels sprouts brussels sprouts were a little weird and not thanksgivingy but uh, but the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the cranberry was all th- were all Thanksgiving, mm. and you know I appreciated it. It was a that was a solid place, and and they made you feel right at home with the weird uh, oh, recordings of the bathroom. So the bathroom, I went in, and they're just talking about a recap of a minor league baseball game that probably never happened between the Toledo Mudhens and the Buffalo Bisons. And from like years ago, <laughs> and they're using terminology that no one who is talking about sports that no sports would ever use. Yeah, they, they said closing pitcher, and it's like closer. That's the term. Just overly formal. Yeah, where you is, know it's a lizard is, in a, a suit. hat. Like stop it. Yeah, I mean, oh man, it was so great. I'm wearing my baseball shorts. 
And I was like, oh man, I gotta check this out. And when I was in there, it was like a call center of a, and a guy trying to help a lady fix her printer over the phone. You heard a way weirder one than I did. Dude, it was amazing. Apparently it was plugged in the whole time, but it wasn't turned on. It happens to everybody. Ha, 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 ha. America. Yeah, I don't think those were, those weren't American people. Those were people, those were actors doing American accents. It, it made no sense. Well, it was I mean, so weird. After the Iron Curtain came down, spies needed jobs, you know? They've been perfecting this American accent for years. <laughs> They finally had a second income stream. Yeah, now they do voiceover. That's it. Everyone's getting into voiceover. Yeah, I All had right. a I had a damn good time on the tour. It was, you know, it was like, look, it was still profitable. It was not nearly as profitable. I could have made as much profit in a week in the States as I made in three weeks in Europe. Mm. But at the same time, you know, in the States... I would just be in a car ignoring where we're driving through. And this time I got to be in a train ignoring where we're driving through. And that's a lot nicer. And I mean, the other thing is like, it is growing, right? Like that's my huge takeaway of not, I mean, the UK just has like the best live comedy scene in the world. I've said that a thousand times, but the growth of comedy in Europe, stand up in Europe, like the Polish guys, it's been like a 10 year scene. Mm -hmm. Like the, the guys that we work with, the guys who like have just been there for the whole evolution of it. Yeah. I and then the Norwegian venue they were doing like twenty shows a week. That's the nicest comedy club I've ever been in. The latter comedy club in There's Oslo. Nothing in the states that's even close to that nice. That was gorgeous. Give it a shout out. Beautifully it, run. Yeah, just a just a complex of theaters that are devoted to comedy. It was mm. absolutely beautiful. Um, the and and just looking at the numbers and being like, look, we had to add two extra shows in London. Mm-hmm. We had to add an extra show in Brighton. We had to add an extra show in Poland. Um, we had, we moved to the big room in Amsterdam. We sold out a Monday in Stockholm. Like we were packed almost every show. It was I, great. I think, with the exception of Birmingham, Birmingham was the only one where it's like, yeah, we had plenty more room. Yeah, but that was added late, and it was in a, not in a top, not Absolutely. in a regular comedy venue, and it was in a part of Birmingham that they don't really do comedy. Yeah, so. it was like total last minute, and it still worked. And like seeing this, it's all very, very encouraging, and I'm I'm excited for more. He's coming back. Steve Hofstadter is coming back. Will he learn another language in that time? Absolutely not. But I already know three. You already know three. Uh, technically, at different points in my life, I knew three and some sign language uh-huh um but i know i speak uh english somewhat fluently very well um my accent's pretty good <laughs> very um, believable i also at one point in my life i don't know it as well now but i spoke hebrew ah. um, i can still uh i can still understand it i can't speak it as well but i can understand it and uh spanish which you know i could still understand and speak somewhat interesting yeah uh, Spanish was I learned in high school. Hebrew I learned in college. I did a fun thing when because I was in the in college. I was in a joint program with the Jew, with the Jewish Theological Seminary, mm. and um, there was a, there's mandatory Hebrew, right? And I didn't speak it, and so you have like a placement test, and so I said, oh, I don't speak any Hebrew. You got to put me in the remedial, like in the you know intro level, mm. and they were like, well, you have to take the placement test. I'm like, I, I'm telling you, I don't speak Hebrew. I'm not lying to get an easier grade here. <laughs> I don't speak Hebrew. So like you have to take the placement test. So I said, fine. So I go in and take the placement test. On the first page of the blue book, I write, Dear Hebrew Department, I don't speak Hebrew. Love, Steve. And I handed in the test. And I walked out of that room. 
and I got put in uh, I got put in the intro level because I do not speak Hebrew. <laughs> they thought you were trying to get a, a cheap a cheap grade. Yeah, no, I don't speak it, and at the time I didn't even read it very well, but now I can. Right, interesting. Well, yeah. mate, we've already uh, we've already answered the question. If you could live anywhere else in the world, Edinburgh, still Edinburgh, Edinburgh anywhere Edinburgh. in the world. I looked at a house there. You looked at a house. It's true. It's a castle. It's making it pretty serious. All right. Yeah. Well, look, I just want to say on record, thank you so much for having me on the tour. It has been truly one of the most exhausting things I've ever done. <laughs> uh, you did a wonderful job on record. I'm happy to say you did a fantastic job. This tour would not have been what it was without you. And uh, happy to have you on and looking forward to doing it again with you in Australia. Hell yeah. That's it. The hottest scope. Australia, January t- uh, 10. It kicks Somewhere off. Somewhere around there. We're working on it. We just, uh, uh, we just added the Christchurch show in New Zealand. Amazing. So now officially on the calendar, on my website, available. Available. Are um, Adelaide, Brisbane, and Christchurch. And Perth is coming up within a day or two. We're almost done with the contract. Mm-hmm. And we're adding a bunch more cities. Guys, the official Hofstadter, Muggleton, Australia, New Zealand, 2020. It's I can't on. wait to hear you do all of your local jokes. Oh, fuck. I've forgotten all of them, to be honest. I've yeah. got all this Danish gear. Yeah, you'll, you'll just do a bunch of jokes, be like, right, Danish people? And they'll just be like, what are you talking yeah, about? What about these fucking Norwegians, I tell you? Yeah. Um, Steve Hofstadter, the way we end the podcast is yeah. you say, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Fucking nailed it, ladies and gentlemen. Jerk offs. It's been a pleasure. Steve Hoff said it. Good night. How I wanted to be with you on the coldest night. All right, that was my chat with Steve. I know it was a long one. I apologize for the fire alarm interruption. That was a genuine thing. Uh, I don't know how well you guys would have heard it on the podcast, but there genuinely was a fire alarm. And a bunch of Swedish people not doing nearly enough about it. What can I say? They're a rough and tumble group. Uh, But yeah, the tour was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed me generalizing about uh, European people. And of course, my hatred for the Belgians. One of the things that, you know, you just got to have something to wake up for. Uh, No, wake up for, wake up in the morning for. There we go. Landed the sentence there. Wake up in the morning for. And uh, mine is the hatred of Belgians. Why not? And I like to think it's the Flemish Belgians. I don't know why. I think it's more fun to dislike them as a group than the French-speaking Belgians. Uh, But thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Again, if you are free in London this Sunday, December 8th, please do come down to my final show. It'll be awesome to see some familiar faces there. It is being recorded. It will be released. And I'm very excited to share that with you in the new year. But I just want to say one final thank you. This is I'm looking out my window for the last time. I've given you guys the occasional weather report as I stare out my Shoreditch apartment window because I'm the basic motherfucker, the basic hipster who moves to London straight into Shoreditch into a converted warehouse and thinks, yeah, mate, this is, this is London right here. I'm experiencing the real culture. <laughs> um, but no, it's been awesome. Uh, I hope that's come across in the podcast. I absolutely adore uh, this city and this country. I really do enjoy it. And I do, like, as much as I do think London is my favorite city in the UK, I enjoy Edinburgh so much and I enjoy going around to other smaller places and just feeling that vibe because it is so distinctive. And as an Australian where all of our cities are pretty homogenous, 
you really do appreciate that there's just, you know, hundreds of years of slight differences that have manifested into the way that you guys put things on chips. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole thing, right? It's like, look, we got all these cultural differences. What does that mean? Well, some of us are Protestant and some of us are Catholic. Uh, okay, that's that's pretty normal, just religious division. What else? Well, in the South, they do vinegar and salt. In the North, they do gravy. And in Scotland, they do curry. It's like, oh, okay, anything else? No, that's pretty much it. Um, so, thanks so much for listening. Hope to see you on Sunday. Don't worry, episodes will be coming out weekly, even though I'll be... My, like, I'll be flying, flying Singapore, doing a quick show in Singapore uh, on the way home, which is exciting. But the episodes will keep coming right up until Christmas. And the next year, we're doing the Union Jack Off Australia, talking Australia, all the questions you've been wondering, shark spiders answered. Uh, but to get, to take us out, uh, an Australian in London, how appropriate. Alex Gibson, Spirit Girl, here's the full track. Cheers, mate. I've been living such a lonely, lonely life You run a circus just to see that you're alright But wanna break free with all that I know Like running water wherever I go You're a Across the sky, but you fade.